is the limitless Keith Lee. This is Brody King. This is Angel Garza. Will Ospreay. Hornswoggle. Pentagon Junior. The villain, Marty Skell. The Mexican Ray Phoenix. King Ricochet. Concrete Rose, Sunny Kiss. And I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing. Take just one moment and bask in the glory of the busted wide open. 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 Busted wide open podcast. <laughs> You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome everybody to BWO Live. Coming to you from Twitch, episode number 254 of Busted Wide Open. My name is Nick Howell. And terrified of Florida swamps that are apparently able to shave a man's receding hairline bald. I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to the show. And we hope that you're all ready for WWE Great Balls of Fire 2, brought to you by Karrion Cross and Scarlett. Welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> and yes, we are here to talk about NXT, AEW Dynamite, SmackDown, all the goings-on from the graps this week. That is what this show is for. We are here to discuss, break down, and analyze everything that they did over in WWE mm. and AEW. But we can't get right into the show, Nick, because as you mentioned, we're on Twitch. We have all other kinds of things we have to talk about first, so you all know how to interact with us. So, Nick... Take it away. Thank you, sir. Uh, It is a happy day today. Today is the first day on Twitch since we moved over that we are officially, officially affiliate, officially affiliates, meaning all the cool little stuff turned on. As you guys might see, there's a lot more badges next to everybody's name. You'll see a lot of that today. Plus, we've got some, uh, I got to start right off, people jump the gun and got yeah. in here and started dropping awesome. subs on us already. Uh, Sheppy, our good Brad Shepard, not ringside news, mm, not bad Brad Shepard, Brad good, Shepard, our good Brad Shepard yeah. with the Tier 1 sub. Andy, our faithful moderator with the Tier 1 sub. Uncle Thank Greg you, got in here with the Tier 1 sub. And Jake L. dropped five bucks in the tip jar to start us off. Says he's in Thank a group you. chat with three friends, and they say, I like everything wrestling, so I'm wondering, what are a few things you look for when judging, rating, a match? Keep up the great work. Thanks. Jake, if you'll let me, we'll come back to that one uh, in just a little bit. In fact, I might even tack that on uh, at a certain point. Um, okay. Uh, or do you want to answer it right now while I'm doing housekeeping? I mean, yeah, let's, let's knock it out. The man are, paid us money. Yeah. Uh, what are a few things you look for when judging, rating a match? When judge rating Ju- a match? Judging or rating a match. Judging or rating a match. Judge rating. Um, judge rating. Uh, I personally, I, I look for chemistry. I look for storytelling. Uh, and then I look for technical ability as well. Yeah. So basically, like, are you guys, are you working together well, flowing well? Are you in sync? Um, Do you have a story in mind that you're trying to tell in the match? And if so, are you executing that story properly? And then finally, the technical ability. You know, are people out here just like grabbing hair and smashing people's heads into the floor? Um, You know, but there's also different technical abilities depending on what kind of match it is too. You're not going to, I'm not going to put a brawl on the same scale that I'm going to put like a mat work catch wrestling. Uh, You know, so it's, it's a, there are different styles. And, and unlike 
you know, say like, for instance, Meltzer, who just always gives comedy matches low ratings. I think there's an art to comedy matches, too. I think there's an absolute art to comedy matches. Um, so I put those on a different scale as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'll, it's I'll not throw easy in, to do. I'll throw in there. I'll bolt on it. I agree with all those. I, I'll bolt on. I like a good strength spot. Um, I, you know, I like the big <laughs> boys slapping me. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's, extra so I love catch wrestling. I love mat wrestling. I love the technicalities of it. I love an abs- a good story. I'm not right. a big fan of like strike fests, but I love strength spots. I love big boys doing big boy things and uh, and that kind of stuff. So that's those are really my and, and absolutely you have to have a story. That that's a really yeah. big part of it. Otherwise, what's the point, right? Agreed. Uh, we could we could do a whole section segment on oh, this, yeah. but that I, hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, my brother, thank you very much for throwing. Thank throwing you for the down. fiber. Appreciate it. But yes. Nick, what else do we need to talk about before we get into this wrestling? The the hits keep coming. Jess O'Connor with a tier oh, one sub. Thank up, you Jess? very much, Jess. Yes. Uh, and I'm going to try and get through housekeeping before we uh, get to the ah, show here. Awesome. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BW Podcast. Make sure you get into the Discord community. Uh, I believe I've got a link to it. If not, I'll put a panel down underneath Twitch uh, this yep. week. I've got a lot of stuff to update, guys. It's yeah. This is a work in progress sort of thing. Um, patrons, thank you guys so much for mm. all of your support every single month. That means the world to us. Uh, the ability to get um, listener questions in for the patron mailbag, get bonus episodes at the $10 tier, Skype calls, all kinds of good stuff over at patreon.com slash BWO. And you're now a week away from SummerSlam, right? Good that Lord. means that we are. it is one of the big four, so we are going to be doing our patron pick'ems challenge mm. for SummerSlam where Robbie RB, our current Defending reigning champion for the BWO Patron Pickums Challenge will be defending at SummerSlam. So go ahead and get into at least the $5 tier over on Patreon because that is what is required in order to be able to participate for all the cash and prizes and stuff and things uh, that always go out as as part of that. You know that's that's why we we limit it to patrons is because we, we send out every, something for everybody, um, yeah. including the booby prize. Uh, for whoever comes in last in the pickums, which is always a good time. So head over to patreon.com make sh- slash BWO. Make sure you're signed up at at least the $5 tier so you can get in on the pickums uh, for mm-hmm. SummerSlam coming up next weekend. Uh, lastly, uh, head over to youtube.com slash busted wide open. Uh, make sure you're subscribed over there because we are continuing to do BWO daily every single day of the week, uh, Monday through Friday. Plus, we have some plans coming for some other more on demand style of content. And Ian, I have to say, as I wrap up housekeeping, we have officially kicked off our first hype train on Twitch. And how that's triggered is by all of you guys subbing and throwing bits and all of that. So you can up-level this all the way up to level 5. So keep it rolling, guys. Abraham in with the Tier 1 sub and Mr. Divian in with the Tier 1 sub. Thank you guys so much for all of this. Uh, if you do contribute during the hype train, you do get a special little fun badge next to your name. So all of you that have kicked it off, uh, you're going to be getting something fun. Uh, this is Twitch, if, guys. Welcome. This is uh, and this if you're is- listening to us on the podcast, or <laughs> yeah. if you're listening to us on as, as a podcast on any one of the podcast apps of your choice, then thank you as well for, for tuning in and just listen to all the fun other ways you could interact with the show if you ever feel like stepping over from the podcast world into the various other venues that we have expanded into whether it be the live show on Twitch or watching the uh, the, the the live cast later on YouTube, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But Nick, as you said, man, we've got SummerSlam coming up a week from tomorrow. Ah! And then we've got payback the week after that. <laughs> huh? I guess. Nani? 
I don't get it. You don't get it. We don't get it. But apparently WWE's got something planned. They're probably going to be from the Amway Center in Orlando. They're already setting up a huge interactive experience there. But we're not talking about WWE right now, Nick. No, we're going to get to them later because we're going to start off talking about AEW Dynamite. Where do we start? This week uh, is the question. I think we start with Chris Jericho yes. uh, facing Orange Cassidy. That was the main event. It Why was not? the main event. We might as well start at the end and work our way backwards. Um, mm-hmm. I went. I want to know what you went into this thinking or expecting. I, I was expecting it to be a bit of a brawl. Cassidy hit some of his fun high spots. Uh, it, I did not expect it to be what it turned out to be. What, in your opinion, would you say it turned out to be? Uh, an absolute brawl slugfest. Like, this yeah. thing went haywire. This this thing went nuts. Orange it, Cassidy did not come to play. No. He, the, the, the couple of times he hit his, you know, cute little hands in pockets, you know, kicking you lightly, or like or he was paintbrushing Chris Jericho one time, at one point, like, kind of lightly. It was purely a mental game, and it was very obviously booked to be a mental game, and he immediately turned it back around and, Beat the crap out of him. He was on here. He went. He did. He went the entire match, uh, toe to toe. Chris Jericho, and um, ultimately, we did have a lot of kerfuffle at the end, as you would expect. Uh, you had uh, Ortiz and Santana come out at the top of the ramp. They got chased off by best friends, but it allowed Jake Hager to come out and slam Orange Cassidy, uh, who was able to escape, however, and then got Chris Jericho into the ugliest mouse ca- mouse trap roll-up I've ever seen, largely because Chris Jericho went the wrong way on it. He went backwards when he's supposed to go forwards. Uh, if you've ever seen Orange Cassidy hit that move on the indies, it's a sick-looking move. It did not look sick when it was put on Jericho. Uh, but, you know, Jericho Online said that it went exactly how it was supposed to, which, keep it kayfabe, Chris. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was it, Orange Cassidy rolls up Chris Jericho, one, two, three, from Mike Kyoto. That's right, Mike Kyoto. Now with AEW, Chris Jericho had tried to uh, to tell him, "Hey, remember when I got you the job the one time? I'll get you another job here if you help me win the match and just ignore it when uh, I bring in my Floyd, my bat Floyd." Uh, Mike Kyoto did not help him and instead counted the three right here. Orange Cassidy is your winner in round two of Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho. Do you think there will be a round three, Nick? I do. I do think there will be one, and I want to say that I think the one thing I texted you this week from all of the wrestling was, oh my God, it was so exciting. A wild Mike Kyoto appears, yes, and uh, it's I, I had this overwhelming joy that Mike Kyoto uh, is is back refereeing matches again. So yeah, just he this wasn't the first match he did of the night, but it was great to see him do this. The interaction with him and Jericho, and I forgot how low his voice was. I can't even get down that low. Good Lord. He's the Damien Priest of referees. Right, exactly. Well, I'll I'll call it straight down the line, Chris. I'll call it straight down the line, Chris. (laughs) Brad Shepard with 100 bits and Jess O'Connor with 100 bits. Keeping the Mm. hype train rolling. Thank Thank you you guys very, very much. Um, Yeah, what do you think, Ian? Do you think there will be a sort of um, uh, a rubber match here? Are are we going to blow this off somehow? My problem has been with the Orange Cassidy-Jericho feud. This is a crowd-pleasing feud. It's hard to please the crowd when there is no crowd. I almost feel like they should shelve it, come back to it later. Like I feel like Orange Cassidy is being wasted in front of a lack of crowd. And they did have 150 people scattered around in Daly's Place on this show with lots of COVID restrictions in place, uh, something Chris Jericho would know nothing about. Right. 
But uh, that being said, I don't think that I don't think they should be running this Orange Cassidy program. I know we're getting good ratings out of it, so for as far as TV is concerned, it's it's fine. It would be so much better in front of a crowd. Yeah. And the lack of crowd, I think, is mm, is deleterious in the long run. You You've know, been on about that with Orange Cassidy from the beginning, though. Uh, and it, I have. I'm starting to come around to your point in that you know, the Orange Cassidy stuff doesn't work as well if there's – his antics don't work yeah. as well if there's not a crowd Which he didn't do here. There wasn't a whole lot of antics here, and the antics that he did do were responded to by the crowd, so that was nice. Yeah. It's just I, – I, I can't help – I can't get it out of my mind. I'm trying to enjoy it on its own as what it is, but I can't get out of my mind, man, this would be – so much better. I know everything would be better with the crowd, but this in particular would be so much better with the crowd. Yeah, and uh, it just it just it galls me. But mm. uh, on the upside, I thought it was pretty entertaining. I, um, to be honest, this was my least favorite of their encounters. Sure, it just was a match, which is fine, and it's cool to watch Orange, Orange Cassidy actually go. Uh, but at the same time, it just it didn't quite hit it for me. There was, there was, uh, you know, we mentioned earlier about rating matches, the chemistry, like I felt like they worked well together. The story was fine too. the, from a technical standpoint, a couple of like, like I said, the ending was botched and everything. And that may have hurt as well, but it just, it wasn't, it didn't set me on fire. Yeah. There was just the, the ending did. I was very surprised. Yeah, the interaction with Mike Kyoto ripped Floyd the bat and sat it down. Yeah, there was a couple of little moments in it, but yeah, I'm the same. I the the surprise ending of Orange Cassidy getting the win here over Chris Jericho caught me yeah. off guard. I didn't see that coming. I feel like there will be a third round, and Chris will take that round just to because I mean, from a lineal standpoint, Orange Cassidy's now beaten Tanahashi, Naito, like the guys, yeah, beaten people that have held multiple championships across the globe. Like that's a huge, <laughs> huge win for him. Yeah, and I have a feeling that Jericho will take the series, but agreed, we shall see. Uh, also, speaking of competitive matches, Cody defended the new, the brand spanking new, gorgeous TNT Championship mm. belt against a very game Scorpio Sky who came to play. They didn't come to win, though, and that's kind of been the story of Cody's run uh, with, the, oh, with the TNT Open Challenge. I can't say I'm surprised. I think they did a good job of making you believe in Scorpio a few times. Uh, but once again, there's another, another, another big match Scorpio drops here um, between losing to Jericho, who had the title, and losing to Cody here. Uh, Scorpio is now building a reputation for wanting to kick the door in, wanting to be you know, the man, but then it's just, it's just not his time yet. Yeah. When do you think it will be Scorpio's time? When should it be Scorpio's time? I don't know. Um, we were constantly getting flashes of Frankie Kazarian. I don't think it was during this match, but we were seeing a, a new look on Frankie Kazarian uh, sitting in the stands by himself, lonely. We haven't seen much of Christopher Daniels. Scorpio's working on his own. Are we splitting up SCU here? Do we have a potential heel turn on one of these two guys on the horizon? It's so funny. When I hear of a tag team splitting up, I'm always going, oh, my God, no, you need more tag teams. The last thing AEW needs right. is more tag teams. So it is an interesting uh, thing to contemplate if they are going to break up SCU. They, they have been able to successfully navigate people having singles careers and be in tag teams before in AEW in the very short time we've had AEW. So there is there is a precedent for them going their own way and yet still being a tag team. 
That being said, the fact that they are not willing to give more to Scorpio right now indicates to me as well that they're not going to break up SCU yet. Yeah. And if they are, they're going to do a storyline of it or something. What I am um, interested in is Mr. Brody Lee being the next challenger. Yeah. And I'm wondering, is this the rub? Is this what they've been building towards to put Brody Lee over? Ultimately, the Dark Order's been being strong the last couple of weeks. Now we have Brody Lee, Mr. Brody, out here. You know, it's funny. It's funny because, I yes, after the match, Brody Lee pops up on the screen and says, Cody, you've defied me for the last time. I'm going to beat you and take your nice championship belt, and I'll give you this old crappy one that you've held up until now. And he holds up the old you know, half-made belt, and he says, I'm going to give this one back to you. You can have this, and I'll take your nice new belt. Uh, which is a nice. I like that. I like the new belt. Like I've got to say, it's a, at first I was kind of on the fence about it. I saw a bunch of pictures of it. I saw it on TV. It's a nice looking belt. The the TNT kind of like standing out there, kind of in space in the middle, is a little bit off putting. But at least they have a nice texture on it. It's a nice. It's a nice looking belt. It's a nice yeah. looking belt. Yeah, I was uh, I was skeptical on it. What I, I think the thing that throws me off is the mirror finish on it uh, behind yeah. the TNT. If that exactly. were more of a of a dull. Uh, or a brushed kind of look to it instead of that mirror finish. I, I think yeah, that's then you'd what have throws like everybody a, off. But you'd have it, like a texture, yeah. texture, and texture kind of clash. So I don't sure. know. It's yeah, it's 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 not a hundred percent for me. It's not my favorite belt, Agreed. but it's nice. It looks it looks very nice. That being said, as far as Dark Order is concerned, as we saw on this show as well, Dark Order just has not been able to put things together still. And I'm wondering if they need another piece. But the problem is, is like you keep adding pieces to Dark Order. When do you stop? Yeah. You know, when do you stop adding pieces to Dark Order to make them successful? I don't know if Dark Order needs another piece. Um, but I suspect that where they're at, they've shown everyone now that, they've, they, that they have in Dark Order can't win the big matches. Does Brody go out and get another enforcer? Does he go out and get another member um, to help him? With uh, with winning this TNT belt, and I'm and I'm wondering if he does if he goes it alone and beats Cody straight up, if the Creepers help him, uh, or if there's something else in 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 mind here. Colt Cabana steps in, maybe fi he finally turns to evil. Maybe we um, do something with Anna J finally, or is she just going to stand back yeah. there in her phantom ma and her uh, or, uh, uh, masquerade mask party mask? Yeah, doing yeah. nothing. I I don't know. We'll we'll see. I have a feeling that uh that I, here's the thing. I think Cody's held the belt long enough. I think he needs to drop it. I think it's the point where people are getting sick of him beating people, even if they're competitive matches like Scorpio Sky. And I, I feel like it's time for him to drop it, and Brody Lee needs a big win. Yeah. I think I, this would I, be a signature move to put it to, to strap Brody and get all of that rub that Cody has built up, and it really puts him on the map. And remember, next week's show is Saturday the 22nd, not next Wednesday. Yeah. Which is which means that they're going to want to do big things on that show. They're so, going so to have to make it a much-watched show. So we've got BWO Live here. Show. We've got TakeOver 30 and AEW Dynamite on Saturday all happening at the same time. Have we put that together yet? Yeah. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Good times. <laughs> it's going to be a hell of a weekend next weekend. Um, but yeah, anyway, so to put a cap on it, I think Cody needs to drop the belt to Mr. Brody. I agree. The way that they've built it right now, either Mr. Brody has to just maul Cody or the, if they have the Dark Order beat Cody, it's going to hurt Cody. They need to have someone else come and help Mr. Brody, like a big surprise or something, and then boom. Yeah. Um, but either way, I think Cody needs to lose that belt. Speaking of people losing belts, Moxley is not ready to lose his belt to MJF. MJF had another little pep rally, uh, promotional, political platform, standing at a podium and 
running his lips. Uh, he came out, and on his way to the ring, I noted something very cute as he was walking out with his entourage doing his, his Goldberg entrance. Uh, Lee Johnson got up next to him at one point, and he pushed him against the wall, uh, knocked him out of his way, and then said, get out of my shot, and started smiling. If anyone wants to know, that is a reference to the time that Samoa Joe did that to MJF back in WWE. Mm. Uh, so MJF paying it forward with the heel move there. It was a nice little little yeah. hat tip from MJF Ma- there. Majo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gets out of the ring, runs his mouth, as you'd expect. Pretty much the same thing. We deserve better than Moxley. I'm better than Moxley. Moxley dislikes people that lay down in the ring for him. Uh, he's a brawler. He's not a good champ, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then Moxley's music hits. And so MJF sends all his goons out in the crowd because that's where Moxley comes from. Except he didn't come from there today. He came from the tunnel today. And he pummeled MJF and gave him a paradigm shift, which meant MJF couldn't move his neck afterwards. So I'm expecting a Bobby Heenan uh, neck, neck brace, brace spot yes. next week, which is just mm, neck brace on MJF is just mm, it's going to be great uh, again. And uh, then Mossy got to the back and said, yeah, MJF, we're not, I'm not done with you. That doesn't half pay you back for what you did in my match last week where MJF came in and hit him in the face with the belt. Uh, so we'll settle this at that pay-per-view, and I'm going to rip your little head off. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, this is the most I've been into a Moxley feud since he got the title. Same. Absolutely. Uh, before I go any further, i got to catch up a little bit. We're, oh we're behind. Uh, Sheppy with another 100 bits. Thank you, sir. Ooh, um, thank you. Jared, our faithful sheriff, Sheriff McDonald, sheriff. Uh, has subscribed uh, tier one sub. Thank you very much, yeah, Jared. Yeah, buddy. Thank you, uh, sir. And then Abraham came in and dropped a $20 bomb into the tip jar. Ooh. Says, wife driving us home from the beach. Got this live show in my ear holes. Have a great yeah. weekend, gentlemen. BWO Nation for life. Thank you very much, Abraham. Thank you, Abraham. And everybody else in the car that might hope be you listening. Enjoyed, hope you enjoyed the beach. <laughs> Hello, wife driving. Hello. Uh, and then Andy dropped a tier one gifted sub to that other kid you know who I think is Jacob. I think it's Jacob. I believe that's Jacob. Yeah. I believe that's Jacob. That's awesome. Thank you very much, Andy, and uh, enjoy that sub. Uh, be sure to thank, uh, thank Andy for that one. Uh, yeah, so I think now where are we at? Uh, I, uh, where am I at on the MJF Moxley thing? I'm yes. into this. I've I've been saying I think since – the early part of the year this year that MJF should be the next heel to get it. Uh, once Moxley turned on Jericho in the inner circle, I've had my eye on MJF, and I was wondering how they were going to take him away, him and Wardlow away from Cody and move him over, and, and they've executed it brilliantly. I love everything they're doing with MJF right now. I love the campaign thing. I love that he if he comes out next week in a neck brace, I'm going to pop hard. Yeah, because I love it's just I love him calling McFoley a homeless man on on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. That's all just shifts kiss. Absolutely, I love it. Um, the the only thing I've got to say is it seems like it's going a bit quickly. We have a pay per view coming up in two weeks, uh, two or three weeks, two three weeks. Um, it's coming up in the first week of first September. first week into September. Yeah, it's coming up quickly, and that's not a lot of time to build this feud really high. I think that you know the two or three shows left, one two maybe three shows before that. They can they can do something with it. Yeah, I feel like Moxley will retain and the feud will continue after that. Though, I feel like this should run, especially if my, if, if MJF is going to do this political angle thing, like this kind of you know, haha, I'm at a podium and you know we deserve better. We deserve better than John Moxley. <laughs> they should run that almost all the way to the to November to the election. Like why not? If that's right. the gimmick, I I feel like it's going to go longer. So. 
We'll see. We'll see. I feel like it should. It deserves to run longer, not just be a quick one-off feud, one and done. That next pay-per-view and MGF's back to doing whatever MGF's going to do without that. So uh, that's that's the hope, at least. Yeah. Um, it was Tag Team Appreciation Night on AEW this week, and we did lots of stuff with tag teams. Naturally, this is AEW. We actually had a, a bunch of interviews with various tag teams questioning who was the best tag team ever. Kenny Omega and Hangman Page said the Bucks were best, only that was just Kenny Omega. Hangman Page was like, man, I thought we were the best. And Kenny Omega's like, yeah, we're just a couple of singles wrestlers, dude. I'm talking real tag teams. Yeah. Which I was sitting there going, Nick, Nick, yep. Nick. It's coming. Nick, he's, <laughs> he's calling you out. Um, then we had a Private Party saying the Hardys were the best. Excuse me, Kenny Omega said the Bucks were best. Private Party said the Hardys were best. Butcher and Blade, thank God, they said the Road Warriors were best. Yes, thank you. Uh, at least we got, at least, we got one, at least somebody got it right. Somebody, somebody got a nice big beefy tag team in there, and not a right. not a couple of little high flyers inspiring everything that you're seeing in AEW today. Just saying. <laughs> um, but then we actually had a couple of said tag teams in the ring. We had the Young Bucks in the ring. We had FTR in the ring, and we also had Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard in the ring, and we also had the Rock and Roll Express in the ring. My lord. That was a that was a conference of serious talent in that ring there. I was like I was you could see you, at the time you could see just the goosebumps on my head going like yeah is this happening Ooh. right now this this is like the Mount Rushmore of tag team wrestling right here yeah. in the ring in front of us modern and uh, bygone era sort of tag teams oh my god is this really happening right now and the fact yeah. that they're under, if you had told me five years ago that there would be a brand new mainstream wrestling company uh, by the time we got to twenty twenty. Featuring legends like the Four Horsemen, Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, you're going to have both the Young Bucks. Uh, you're going to have basically the entirety of Bullet Club, uh, the the core of Bullet Club. And you're going to have FTR all on the same. I would have, you're crazy. I would have laughed you out of the room. Yeah, it's pretty wild to think about. Yeah. But just even seeing, just seeing Tully and Arn together, like shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. Gave me like, oh, whoa. Oh, that feels good. I like this. Uh, ooh. Yeah, and then totally right. got a microphone in his hand. Well, this I is went, the thing. Whoa. So this was this was a basically a big uh, circle jerk. You had uh, you had Ricky Morton coming out there and putting over the Bucks. You had Arn coming out there putting over FTR. Uh, and everyone was just happy with everybody until Tully got the mic. <laughs> and Tully had to throw down some truth bombs on these boys. You can call yourselves the best in the world, the best of all time, but you ain't crap until you've got championship gold around your waist. God damn, Uncle Tully, you're right. You're right. But no, they didn't take kindly to this. Arn turned around when Tully got in his face and said that Arn was a suck-up and he was wearing the Nightmare Collective uh, logo on his shirt. He was like, you're, you're pitiful. I can't stand to look at you anymore, Arn. And Arn's like, you know what? I'm about to get heated here and turn around and realize Sean Spears was lurking on the stage. He's like, I see how this is going. I'm out. Yep. Arn pieces out. Ricky Morton punches Tully in the face. Sucker and punches him. He just loved it. Just, just <laughs> <laughs> and then things go south from there. Uh, Dax's knee injury acts up again. He falls to the ground. Everyone chases everyone out of the ring. Ricky Morton, they're stuck at the, the Rock and Roll Express, stuck in the ring, and FTR pulls a finishing move on Ricky Morton. They do they they murder Ricky Morton. They oh. kill both of the Rock and Roll Express in the middle of the ring for no reason, just because. <laughs> no, and the Bucks run back in. What are you doing? Omega and pa and Page come out from the back. Hangman Page with whiskey in hand. They're what are you doing? FTR is like that's right, top guys. Right. 
Top guy stuff. <laughs> top guys doing top guy things. So was this a FTR heel turn? I have to admit, I was a little bit left kind of like, wait, what? Because they, hmm? Did they ever go face? What this was did, the this story? This did so much. This this did so oh. much for me. Like, okay. FTR just not giving an F at all about any allegiances, any alliances, nothing. They are out for themselves. Uh, it's it, 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 they can come across his face sometimes, but never. If they'll give a pile driver to Ricky Morton, they'll, they'll <laughs> a spike watch pile out. Driver. Yeah, exactly. A spike pile driver. <laughs> Let's be clear. And and God bless Ricky Morton for taking oh my it. God. Still, <laughs> he took it like a champ. Oh. Uh, and then they just roll out of the ring. Meanwhile, you've got the young what bucks. Is he, 53? That are, what is he? Fifty three now? Oh, fifty seven. No, he's older than that. He's fifty seven. I think sixty. I don't know. I can. I, I, I can Wikipedia it real quick. But anyway. The point is, like, the Young Bucks have this... I can news show... Uh, I don't know. Hold on. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. The Young Bucks are torn between, like, FT, they like FTR, and they respect them and all of that, but they also have allegiances to Kenny and Hangman, and then Hangman and Kenny are having their own thing, and Hangman's coming out drinking, and Kenny's calling them singles wrestlers that really don't need the titles or deserve the titles anyway, but somehow 63. they got them. I, so, I was going to say 62, but yeah. So there's 62. all kind. Meanwhile, you've also got Arn and Tully because Sean Spears came back. There's so much going on here <laughs> that I love it. I am just enveloped in storyline in so many different angles here. Yeah. Uh, in the in the tag division is just it it is unspeakable how good this tag division is. Uh, we've been on and on, we've been fawning over it for weeks, if not months now. Um, but the the idea that they had this kind of personnel in the ring at the same time, and you had at least four storylines sort of twirling Salted or percolating up, yeah. here in a way, just sure. fantastic, five star yeah. kind of stuff all around. I, I I agree. The one thing that I thought what, it just it just seemed kind of a random time to suddenly have FDR. Oh, we're heel. Uh, it was a random way to do it, but uh, at the same time, it did kind of make sense given that. And another point on the show, uh, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega had a match with Jurassic Express. They've been defending their titles pretty much every week. They've run through the very extensive tag team division that they have in AEW to the point where you actually wonder if there's anyone who could challenge them. Um, I almost felt like uh, this was just kind of driving the point home in this match because it didn't ever really feel to me like Paige and Omega were in danger. And maybe that was because the commentary was over there making jokes and cracking wise and cracking each other up instead of actually calling this match. They weren't taking it seriously either. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I do not believe that that was intentional. I think that was just the commentary being unprofessional. And I'm looking at JR and Taz and everyone who was, you know, yucking it up over there. But, you know, it's, I'm glad they're having fun. But unfortunately, it meant, it meant the match didn't feel important. Yeah. And, Unfortunately, it's at the point with Hangman and Page where unless I believe that someone could actually come and take the titles off of them, I just don't care about the matches, even if they're well worked, as this one was. Even if there's little nuances like Hangman, excuse me, like Kenny Omega continuing to be a dick to, to Marco's stunt inexplicably. Um, like I, there's, I, I don't get invested because the commentary isn't telling me to get invested. I've seen them beat people right and left. Now, FTR has just turned. Hangman Page was confused by that, apparently. They're a team that you could now build up to come around and legitimately challenge Page and Omega, who I think at some point need to drop these belts. Well, here's where I'm, where, where I'm looking at this. They, uh -oh. If you look at the end and work your way backwards, they ended up spike pile-driving uh, Ricky Morton. 
who was su- who sucker punched Tully Blanchard. Okay. And then Sean Spears came out, and I'm going, Uh-oh. hmm. Uh-oh, did you put on the... Oh, the tinfoil no. hat got put on for a quick oh, second no. there as I went. Are we are we building a faction here around FTR, Sean Spears, and maybe another person uh, yet to Ladies be Ladies and gentlemen, named. we actually... And people on Twitch, we are actually going to make an emote of of something <laughs> like this. The, uh, the Nick booking. It'll basically be like Nick's little head going... Coming soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. Um, because because this happens a lot where Nick's like, no, nah, man. Nah, I don't see that. I see, see, what aliens. had happened was... Aliens coming down, and they're going to anal probe Tully Blanchard, which just means that Tully is all of a sudden going to grow a second head. And that second head is going to look a whole lot like Bobby Eaton. And the crazy thing about that is Gorilla Monsoon comes back from the dead. And then Gorilla Monsoon, he comes out there and he military presses Ricky Morton up in the air. And that means, at the end of the day, FTR is going to face Dark Order. What? Nick Booking. Yeah, that's not what I said at all. That is, okay. that is, that is not Nick Booking. That is a gross exaggeration. <laughs> I don't think You're telling me you wouldn't be excited about seeing a Kenny Omega, Sean Spears, and FTR sort of backed by Tully Blanchard? Of course I would. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, 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 what? Wait, hold on. You're thinking that Paige, Omega, and FTR join up as the new Four Horsemen? No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> either Paige or, or Omega, one of the two, with Sean Spears and FTR. Yes. So probably Paige because he's already been kind of Well, he's over. kind of aligned with FTR to an extent, but he's That's feeling really people. confused today right now. Right? Oh, and Spears, Spears is the fourth Spears man? Spears the fourth, yeah. That's where, my, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm thinking. Otherwise, why have Arn and Tully out here in this? It's because they're the brain busters. Okay. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. All Just right. saying. All right. All right. All right. Well, speaking of tag teams, before we go down another. Yeah, uh, I got to drop a, a Kyle. Line drive. Kyle dropped a tier one sub. Thank you very much, Kyle. We're Thank up you. to nine already, guys. <laughs> Jesus. Love you guys so much. Thank Nikolai you. Volkov is in the crowd, and then he comes out, and then George the Animal Steel. He's also going to be a member of the Sixth Horseman because you realize they're not just going four. They're going two with the other hand, so it's six horsemen this time, and I know that's two too many, but it's still because it's modern era. Right. See? 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 It's, it's a modern era, which is undisputed. And because it's an undisputed modern era, you have the undisputed era coming over from NXT, and then they'll join up. And then you have a massive faction called the Undisputed Four Horsemen. And it's going to be the greatest faction in the history of wrestling. They're going to take over AEW. Oh, my stars and garters. Yeah, go ahead and make yourself one of those crazy swirly icons while you're at it. Nick Booking. Yeah. Nick Booking. Yeah. Yeah. Young Bucks had a match with... The Dark Order, uh, with Stu Grayson, the uh, uh, Dark Order Prime, Stu Grayson and Evil Uno, they beat him. Yeah. Now, Dark Order did give him some grief here. You had a couple of uh, other guys watching from uh, the sidelines. They actually ended up putting Matt Jackson, locking him in one of the entrance ways. So Nick had to go it alone. But he ended up reversing one of the finishing moves into a uh, uh, roll-up. And then we had the one, two, three surprise win, the Bucks. Was this a mistake, Nick? Does the Dark Order need more heat more than the Young Bucks do, especially when they're outnumbered and they could have put some heat on the bad guys here? A little bit, yeah. I think the Bucks will be fine without it, but I think the Dark Order stand to lose so much more here by not winning, especially now that we've got Evil Uno and Grayson back. I want them winning. I almost want them to be more 
uh, dominant than Mr. Brody Lee in a way. Like I need to see them be as as dominant, if not more, and that he becomes the sort of like we've been saying all year, the final boss. Yeah, he needs to be when when Grayson and Uno can't get it done. In comes Mr. Brody. This is the thing that I, I'm kind of wondering is, I think the story they're telling about Dark Order is it's a bunch of jobbers that Mr. Brody is trying to beat into winning. He's trying to just you know browbeat them into winning, but they're not winners. Yeah, that's the story they're telling. Exactly. Unfortunately, that's kind of pitiful, and it doesn't. I mean, even you can have them win as much as you want on Dynamite, but if they lose every, excuse me, win as much as, they, as you want on Dark, but if they lose every time on Dynamite, the perception of them is going to be that they're losers, and unfortunately, that's the perception right now. They don't, they don't feel like a force to be reckoned with or a dangerous force. Mr. Brody feels dangerous. No one else in Dark Order feels dangerous. And I think what you're saying would be fine if it was all the minions that were just losing all the time. But Grayson sure, and but Uno have, are key. Yeah. Uh, they, 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 it can't be all losses and Mr. Brody's the only one that gets you a win occasionally. You 10 and Moxley murdered him. Like You basically made everyone in the, in the whole group look like a fool, except for Mr. Brody, who also lost in, in his match against Moxley as well. So he's kind of a fool as well. So unfortunately, Dark Order has been made out to be, I don't want to say a bit of a joke, but a bit of a joke. Yeah. And this didn't help that perception. I understand the Bucks want to win on a night when they're being called the best tag team in the world by, uh, by the Rock and Roll Express, being I mean, put over by, by Ricky Morton like that. I understand you don't want to lose a match on that night, but it would have given Tully's argument much more sting if he'd be like, you couldn't even beat the Dark Order. Like, that's something for the Bucks to come back from. Yeah. In addition, um, you know, obviously, I, hey, this is me on my armchair saying this, but, but you know, for me... From what I've seen in the decades of wrestling that I've watched, booking 101 is get heat on your heels. Yeah. Right? Make your heel like look, the one of the reasons the NWO worked was you didn't have them laid out or pinned for like a year, if not more. You have to have you build that heat and build it and build it and build it. Have your heels be winners, have them do whatever they can to beat the good guys, even if it's skullduggery. Like whatever. And then make it a long journey for the good guys to finally get that win yep. over the bad guys. Here, oh yeah, they snuck out a win on, on Dynamite, opening match of Dynamite. With the roll-up, basically. With the roll-up. That's, yeah, okay, they barely escaped, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's still, Dark Order couldn't beat one mm. guy, one buck. So for yeah. me, this is, this, is, this is bad booking. It has been bad booking for Dark Order up until now. Yeah, agreed. So I don't know what you're building the bucks up for. Why do, why do they need to be built? Like, you know, if you can put over a private party, put over Dark Order on an episode of Dynamite. Dynamite. Get your win back later. This was, this was silly, I thought. Um, also silly, Hikaru Shida had a less than five-minute match with Heather Monroe. Heather Monroe! Nice to see her in AEW. Wonder if she'll stick around. Uh, and then after the match, she said, uh, come get me. I need someone. I need an opponent at, uh, at the pay-per-view, which is, you know, yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> there's kind of no one right now, um, which makes me wonder, again, like, who are they going to get for Sheeta? Do they have to bring someone in from outside? Are we looking at Ivelisse or Diamante, who've just debuted? Uh, who do you think Sheeta's going to get to go against her at the pay-per-view? Um, I'm what, that, that's a good question. I have no idea right now. That, and they have, they've, they've done a terrible job with uh, the women's division. When you take Chris Statlander out and you take uh, Britt Baker out, uh, Big Swole is mega face right now, so I don't think it's going to be her. I mean, who who else is there at this? Oh, we dropped. Freaking awesome. Yep. Oh, all right, we're recovering. I said I guess I didn't fix it. 
You're back. I'm back. And now we're back. All right. So I guess we didn't All fix right. it. Sorry, guys. Uh, it's okay. Where, where As you it? were saying, Nick, you said Big Swole. Yeah. Big Swole. What about Big Swole? Big Swole is mega face right now. Uh, well, basically, you've got Chris Statlander out long term. You've got Britt Baker. We're expecting her to be back. She's maybe? back with a match with. Yeah, but she and again, she and Big Swole are heading for each other at All Out. So yeah, Statlander out. Nyla just we had a thing with with her. Who's who else is there? There's no one. So yeah. do you think that they're going to try to jump up somebody in the next two weeks from the existing ranks or people that we've seen in, in AEW, or are they going to go outside AEW? Mm, probably have to pull in from outside. I, I think so, too. And I think that there's people who might be able to swing over from Impact. Um, you might be, I mean, NWA, Thunder Rosa is out there. Um, I'm trying to think of who else is, is a female free agent who could, who could jump over there who's not stuck in, in England. They released a couple of people this week that because of travel restrictions. So, yeah, thinking about who's out there, it's it's a pretty slim pickings. I mean, other than Nyla Rose, she's, but uh, who wants to see that again around, so soon? Exactly. I think yeah, that, gonna, that's, I mean, you know, now that she's got Vicky Guerrero, she needs to be winning championship matches. You can't have her do it again unless you're willing to take the title off of Sheeta and just bounce it back and forth between them. That's not going to work. You either, can't so. spend that capital without strapping her. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to vote for someone from outside. Um, so we'll see. We'll yeah. see what they what they TBD. end up doing. We got three weeks to figure it out. I'm I'm good with that. Yeah, I I feel like I feel like they might be able to pull this off. But fingers crossed. Their yep. women's division definitely needs a good look right now. Matt Hardy is pissed off at Sammy Guevara for throwing a chair in his face last week and busting him as you would wide be wide open, busting wide open, Mister Unkillable Matt Hardy. I'd be pretty pissed too if Sammy grabbed the wrong chair and threw it that irresponsibly at my head. That was a that was dumb. That was a bad spot. <laughs> Like just all around. But Matt Hardy's apparently gone insane. He saw a guy who looked like Sammy Guevara attacked him, turned out to be a ref, and they they pulled him off. So Matt's kind of going a little bit insane here. Says he's gonna, you know, hurt Sammy Guevara. Um I don't know. What do you think of that of the this new look Matt Hardy gimmick? I'm not sure. Uh I saw what I did see was on Instagram, Sammy posted a tombstone with uh Matt Hardy was killed by the Spanish god and the date and everything. And I'm are, are they trying to do something here where Sammy does get get one over on him and does get a win and ultimately does some kind of crazy stipulation match and it awakens Damascus and we get we we break Matt Hardy again with all of these within the multiverse and all of the stuff that's going like I can't keep up with all the different personalities that Matt Hardy's doing. It's on the verge of being a little bit too much. I still dig it. I still like it. It's it's still being done on on being the elite and things like that from time to time. But I'm I'm still. Uh, skeptical that they can pull this off so i need to see something happen where if he does actually kill matt hardy and it awakens damascus and he's rebirthed again somehow sure but that's about the only thing going here. yeah i'm curious where they're going to go with I, I i i trust matt hardy's creativity i'm sure it will go somewhere interesting i just have no idea where that is right now all i know is i can't wait to see the receipt that sammy gets for what he did to matt <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> what do you think of the uh, the picture, picture commercial breaks where he's doing the the pull away sheets and things? Brilliant! Anything picture in picture is smart. It's audience retention. They've and they have done a good job about that. Um, I was I was listening to something. Uh, obviously, you know Meltzer, who breaks all of that down and does a really good job about it. Uh, talking about how you know people cross over between AEW and NXT. And apparently, it's it's a it's a pretty sizable chunk of people that actually do switch back and forth during commercial breaks. Those picture in pictures, uh, the retention uh, helps yeah. with that with with channel flipping. 
So that's why they exist, and I think having Sammy do that is a smart idea. So anything, anything that does that, that creates audience retention. I'm gonna, I'm gonna slip my tinfoil hat back on for a quick second. There, oh lord, going back to uh, what we were just talking about with Sheeta. There is, there is a former champion down in Mexico that is currently unemployed. That could very well come in and challenge Hickory Sheeta for. The AEW Women's Championship. She I'm ain't not coming, saying. If she ain't coming back from Mexico to defend her title on Impact, she ain't coming back for an AEW match in Florida in the midst of a pandemic. Come on. Now, I, I'll, I'll take the over-under on that. I'll take the, the no way. The no chance in Cons hell. Cons are in a rebuilding year in Jacksonville, so, I mean, they got a lot of money to play with. Uh, <laughs> They're tanking this year. <laughs> You never know. Well, you, you know, know what else? You know, we know who else is rebuilding right now. Uh, some of our friends over in the other promotion that was has a show on Wednesday night. They're building up for their upcoming pay per view, and they're doing some very surprising things to do so, including bringing back some talent we haven't seen in a second. But to talk about that, Nick, we're going to have to head over and discuss NXT. <laughs> Well, this week we had the final triple threat for the North American Championship ladder match uh, that went down, and there was going to be a mystery opponent facing off against Kushida and Cameron Grimes. Mm, I was so worried about this. Me too. Um, I was worried. It was, well, I wasn't worried until I saw who it was, if I'm being completely <laughs> honest. Uh, I thought, okay, it'll be somebody who needs, a, it'll be, uh, a, you know, somebody that's that needs some shine, like a Ridge Holland that needed needed some shine or something like that. Sorry, like I totally had Cameron Grimes going forward here before any of the, but, I mean, since we started hearing about these. So we, we've been doing all of these to lead up to this big ladder match for the North American Championship uh, at TakeOver 30 uh, a week from today. And so we had Kushida, Cameron Grimes, and Ooh. Velveteen Dream. What? Velveteen Dream? Isn't he still on the shelf because he likes touching little boys? What? Well, at least sending pictures of them. Right. Just, yeah. Grooming Whatever. them for touching later. My mistake. Yeah. My point is, is that, okay, let's assume, innocent until proven guilty, let's assume the only reason they have them on TV is because they investigated it and found nothing wrong. Let's assume that. Let's yeah. assume the best case scenario. Yeah. Let's assume that Dream is completely innocent, ultimately exonerated. All of those images were photoshopped, and the whole thing was made up. Let's assume that. You got to address it. You have to say something because there's too many people out there right now, myself included, and a lot of people that I know who are sitting here going, um, okay. Why is so that guy on TV right now? Back. Why is he on TV? <laughs> yeah. Is everything cool, or is this WWE just sweeping things under the rug. Hey, look at the flashing lights. Pretend you don't see that anything, right? Um, this is not something you can play around with. And unfortunately, his character was already on the popularity decline because they had managed it so poorly for the first part of this year with his return and just, was he a heel? Was he not a heel? He was acting like a dick to Roddy. And then that wasn't even really a feud because he was really trying to get at Adam Cole and then he just couldn't beat Adam Cole for the title, and it was just the whole thing was a mess. It was one of the worst written things I've seen in NXT in years was yeah. Velveteen Dream after coming back. So already he's, he's shaky, and then these allegations come out, and he goes away, and everyone goes, ooh, there's some water to these allegations, and then he just randomly comes back? 
that's not good. That's yeah. you're for, not for a qualifier. Like no. you're not even going to get a promo, or you're not even going to have one of his big grandiose interests. You're just going to have him as a. He's I mean, just you might as well have him couch. as a surprise entrant in the Rumble, you know, as, as a better way to come back. But this, even that. This felt so underwhelming, and it almost felt like punishment in a way, if I'm being honest. It almost felt like you're going to have to go face these two little dudes, and you're going to get beat. <laughs> you're not even going to be able to get was, any of your offense off. But he didn't get beat. He didn't get pinned. Kushida got pinned on a, on a nice uh, cave-in from Cameron Grimes while Velveteen was holding up Kushida. So Dream didn't even get pinned here. He was not even a part of the finish. Grimes went on by sneaking one in on Kushida. So it wasn't like Velveteen Dream was being punished. He got to come back in afterwards and beat the crap out of poor Kushida, who's lying there helpless, and turn heel. So Velveteen Dream comes back and turns heel, which, you know, great. I know people are mad at him, but that's just because... (laughs) You can't just turn someone heel and everyone's going to be like, oh, well, I'm mad at him now, so boo the heel... When we're sitting here going, yeah, no, in real life, this guy was grooming young boys. Like, that's not heel heat that you want. You know, that's, that's, we're, we're mad at the man, not the character. So that's, that didn't work for me either. That didn't sell for me either, brother, brother. No. Um, there was a lot I didn't like her. I liked Cameron Grimes going on. I didn't like Kushida losing. I didn't like him getting beaten down. This poor bastard needs to get the hell out of NXT and go back to uh, New Japan as soon as possible. Yes. His career here since he, since coming with the injury has been a debacle. He's on the on the uh, Hideo Itami two point all over again, yep. and it's just it's killing me inside because Kushida is one of my favorite wrestlers in the world, and I'm dying every time I see him being poorly utilized like this. Uh, coming out, putting people over in the cruiserweight tournament that we just had, and then just. Pfft, you know, being on the sidelines list to come out and job in this match. So it was, it was frustrating. And I'm, I, the only thing I can hope here, the only thing I can hope is that he comes out and costs Velveteen Dream his match against Finn Balor, who which he has next week to qualify to get into the ladder match. And then Kushida and Dream start some sort of program. But even then, you're saddling Kushida with a Dream who needs a win and is hated by the fans now for the wrong reasons, which is not a good program for Kushida to be in either. No. So it's just, it's just, oh, it's, just, it's bad all around. Yeah. Kyle asked a good question in chat. I'll throw that one in here. Could Kushida possibly being held for NXT Japan? We've heard rumors of Asuka um, uh, circling that, saying she wanted to be a part of it. Do you think it's kind of a holding pattern until they work that out post If so, I mean, poor guy that's that's talk about yeah. spinning your wheels i, I mean kenta I, showed up in new surprised. japan and he was a legend overnight like just in that moment when he re reemerged well, because he was already a legend over there if kushida reemerged like that he would be a legend too yeah he's a multiple time iwgp junior heavyweight champion the dude is also a legit shooter like he can kick your ass so yeah, I yeah, would. he had Velveteen Dream in various forms of the, that Kimura lock for 10 minutes, it felt oh, like. Man. He's, he's an absolute artist with that thing. <laughs> but yeah, is he being held for NXT Japan? Possibly. But we, we have no idea where they are with that. Like, yeah. you know, and Asuka can sit there and wait and be like, yeah, I'll go do that whenever I want because Asuka's got a bunch <laughs> of stuff going on. We'll get to that on SmackDown because Asuka's having a very good week this week. Hey, Kyle, um, they just figured out this week where they're going to have SummerSlam next week. SummerSlam! <laughs> <laughs> not, not payback or roadblock well, or fast lane or any of that shit. SummerSlam. They, yeah, they, but they also a week out. 
by doing so, they also figured out where they're going to be until the end of October. By the way, Nick, they are going to be at the at, from what we're hearing, they got the lease through the end of October. So, point is, I don't think they have the capacity to plan that far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but stacking they, they can talent try. on the side, yeah. Yeah, yeah. WWE's entire uh, business model is is hot booking. Right. Oh man. Well, speaking of hot, Nick. We got to talk about the uh, the main event feud. Well, rather, it's, it was early in the show, but it is the, it the, the heavy title. Yeah. Um. You had the yeah. Well, what opened the show was a match between Karrion Cross and poor poor Danny Birch, who was really mad at him, and he really did try his best. Bless his heart. But uh, Karrion Cross basically just put he put Danny Birch to sleep. He murdered him. There was a lot of heavy hits. This was a, a fantastic way to show off that Danny Birch is a bad man, but Karrion Cross is an even badder man. Danny Birch at one point had him in a cross face down on the mat and Killer Killer Cross Killer Cross. Karrion Cross yeah. is looking back at him just ah. <laughs> that was the shot of the match right there. <laughs> oh my goodness. You think you have me, but really I have you, boy. Yes. And then he powered out of it. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it, it was, it was a lot of fun, quick, dirty to the point, uh, gets out of the ring. When Keith Lee shows up though, he, he pops on out of the ring with Scarlet and Keith Lee comes out with a little, little binder in his hand, little, little billfold, little envelope and, uh, says, all right, Carrion, I begged and I pleaded with Regal to give me the match. And he did. This paper has my name on it, has Regal's name on it. All it needs is your name. And we have a match for the title. Um, <laughs> I love angry Keith Lee. Yes. It's great. But he tosses the 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 uh the the folder, the bill fold down. Scarlet picks it up, brings it over to Karrion Cross, who kind of like whips out a little quick signature. Scarlet brings it back, kisses it, puts it back on the ground. Keith slowly picks it up, goes to check and see, makes sure that Karrion has signed it all right. A gigantic fireball, a fireball comes out of this thing and hits Keith Lee in the face. He then gets taken to the backstage area while screaming that he wants Cross and Scarlet and Cross kind of like ha 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 from the top of the, the ramp. Um, we stayed on Keith Lee for a long time too. The next match even started and Keith Lee was still in the back going with a, with towels on his face. So what did you think of things getting a little bit supernatural here in NXT? Love it. I love oh, this really? kind of stuff. Oh God, oh, okay. yes. Oh hell, you can't have a guy come out with a fall and pray and have this big, like the big flying bird coming in on the Tron and the smoke and all of this kind of stuff. Just the entrance is supernatural enough and then not do some supernatural kind of stuff like this. It was just fantastic. I, I, I loved every bit of this. I love Scarlet being that intermediary. She almost looks as threatening, if not more, in a more much more mischievous, devious way than, than Carrion does. Where he'll he's he'll just come straight at you and beat the holy hell out of you, but Scarlet's the interesting one in all of this for me. I'm wondering where she where she plays into this whole thing, other than just being the that sort of intermediary. Yeah. When does she start interfering? When does she start uh, being more Zelina Vega and doing stuff? Because we know she can wrestle. We know she's got that the the talent there. So I think it would it would be a misstep to have her wrestle though. It would take away from her mystique. No, I'm not saying, really I'm saying interfere, not uh, not mm, I mean, yeah. in a Zelina Vega kind of way. Maybe get a, a Hurricane Rana or something like that off the Man, side. You don't or, have to have interference with Karrion Cross. He can kill them all on his own. There's not anyone who's even like gotten him to the point where he even kind of needs interference. Yeah, like this 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 sort of thing where she's the harbinger of doom, if you will, is kind of cool. Yeah. You know, the mouth she's the mouth of Sauron, if you will. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's I'm not I'm not mad at it from that standpoint. The thing that just makes me a little bit 
I don't know, raises an eyebrow. I tend to like this stuff too. I tend to like, you know, the really heightened, maybe somewhat left of reality stuff in my wrestling. Hashtag my wrestling. But this seemed a little bit out of place in this feud. Do you know what I mean? It seemed yes a little, no. It seemed like a little bit of an anachronism with what we're doing so far where it's very personal. It's about friends. And this is the extra bullshit that Keith Lee was talking about when he says, you're doing all this extra bullshit, Carrion. Just have a match with me. This was more of that extra crap that while... I don't know. Again, the wrestling purist in me is going like, you didn't need to do this. But like the kid in me is going, oh, damn, there was a fireball. There was a magical fireball that hit him in the face. He's messing with him. Do you know what I mean? He's I'm, a a, I'm of two, I'm two minds. I'm of two minds about this. But, you know, the, the thing is, is you're talking about a show that is only beating its competition in people that are over 50. You're trying to get the young audience. Yeah. Is this something the young audience would bite on, would buy, would be into? I know as a kid, I would have dug this. Yep. But when I was a kid, it was a different time. Yep. Uh, this so is for the people that love Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. This is that kind of stuff. Which right? is the youth do love that? The youth, the youth do love that stuff as well? Maybe uh, not as much as we did. No, they do. Or do? You know? They do. Okay. They do. The, the Star Wars movies, even though they were absolute dog shit, were still made a ton of money. Yeah. Uh, sadly, but the, the the my point I'm trying to make is, NXT is, they have been on a bit of a downswing in the ratings. This week they got absolutely murdered. Is this both the kind of, of them stuff did, for, frankly, for that matter? Well, yeah, but NXT really got murdered. They didn't even chart. Yeah. Um. So the thing is, is does that is this the kind of thing that's going to bring an audience back to NXT? Mm. the audience they're craving i think so and i don't know i don't know i don't have the answer to be to determined that. i guess because i mean what have we seen for the last two years it's been straight up technical wrestling and storyline if we introduce some fantastical elements like this let's see let's find yeah. out maybe i don't i don't know like i said i still haven't come to a conclusion on it. it it worked for me on one hand it didn't on the other all i know is i kind of also wish i'd seen carrie and cross commit more chaos this week like last week we saw him tear up the performance center and there seemed to be no seemed to be no repercussions maybe have regal be like yeah after tearing up the performance center i'm going to give him that match or something or have carry and do more damage i don't know it just seemed strange to juxtapose him Mur uh, granted one of the people he beat up was danny birch so i guess that was the story here but i mean I we've know. got we've got a girl that drives a tank we've got a guy who thinks he's a an archer of infamy We've got a Latino drug cartel. Uh, this is a but different NXT than, than a year ago. Like none that, of those are literal, though. Like again, we've always said Damian Priest isn't a literal vampire and creature of the night. He's just a dude who, like, kind of a rock star guy, who likes to party at clubs. Sure, you know what I mean. Like none of those are taking it to eleven. None of them. None of them are fireball wizards like Karrion Cross. I'm just saying. I don't. This is this NXT is unrecognizable from NXT of last year. So this is there we've got a different landscape that we're looking Carrying at now. Carrying cross cast fireball. It's very effective. <laughs> Keith Lee is weak to fire. <sighs> so so apparently Keith Lee is a water pokemon. Good to, Or no, is it Earth, what, what's Hey, pokemon people in the he's an evolved squirtle. What's what's what, it, what who's who's weak to fire in the pokemon universe? I know it's not dark or spirit or ghost or whatever it is. 
Anyway, uh, I bottom, don't remember who blows leaves. Bottom. Hello. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Archer of Infamy, he also had a match against Bronson Reed. They're getting ready for uh, the, the ladder match to take over 30. We know they're both confirmed for that North American Championship ladder match. So this was a little appetizer, wet your whistle. They had some words in the parking lot last week. So they had this match, which was, uh, I thought, a very clear story of Damian Priest really underestimating Br- Bronson Reed, not taking him seriously, and Bronson just being an absolute tank. And taking finally, everything that Priest could put throw at him, everything and just take you him got right back. And uh, I even love that Priest was just trying over and over and over again to suplex him. Finally gets him to gets him. Bronson Reed essentially pops back up after all of this work to, to, for, to try to get him into the broken arrow. He pops back up. And Priest goes, "Oh crap!" But tries it again, and Bronson just suplexes him. Yeah, I loved that. L- the little details like that were fantastic in this yeah. match. And Bronson picking up the win and Priest just being absolutely shocked was a great way to finish it. I think you and I both are on the same page here, Nick, and thinking that Priest is going to take that North American title at TakeOver. So this is a great way to set it up. Uh, I'm not sure which one. Both of them are getting, you know, Priest is the more sneaky one. I think Grimes is the one that they're trying to distract us with. Um, See, I think you can do a lot with Grimes without a title. With a title, all you're going to have is him just being louder and more obnoxious. But, you know... Priest, I think, needs to be legitimized, yep. especially now that he's a face, yep. nominal face, sort of a tweener. Catching up bo- here, uh, yeah. Jess Connor with Jess O'Connor, Jesse O'Connor yeah. uh, with 200, two different 100 bits, oh, throwing them in with the 200 bits. Thank you, Jess. Uh, and then Marshall, NC Raging Cajun with the, tier, with the Twitch Prime sub. Thank you very much, Marshall. Uh, thank you guys for all of these. It really, I just, oh, it's making it so fun today. Thank you. Um, listen, uh, the, the other thing is you've said some, the one thing I wanted to throw at you specifically was since we're talking about Cameron Grimes, you've been a little down or you have said that you weren't really coming around on the, um, the Cameron Grimes thing yet. Are, are you, are you coming around on Cajun Mad Hatter? Oh man, I, I've been up on, on him for a while. That was a long time ago when I wasn't really feeling it. You, you were I, feeling I, the hat. Oh, I hated the hat when he first came out with it. But again, this is, NXT is still developmental. And, and he yeah. is a prime example of someone we have watched evolve into this version of himself and going from being basic Trevor. Yeah, we did it again. Wow. We, we did it again. One second. Oh, no. So basic Trevor Lee. Yeah, for he's gone from so he's he's gone from basic Trevor Lee with the black trunks and nothing else generic to creator kind of, wrestler kind of thing. Yeah, with only hairy creator wrestler with a <laughs> creator wrestler with a beard. Yeah, to whatever strange amalgamation of Roddy Piper and Ric Flair, uh, and, and you've got now Max Cady that you have now, right? Whatever kind of bizarre thing he is now, he is on a roll. He's Killing it in this role right now. Absolutely knocking it out of the park. Uh, and again, I don't know if that character right now needs a title. He can just be the obnoxious bastard that shows up in anywhere. And he has been showing up anywhere. He's been showing all over the place because he can. Yeah. It's, it's I, a, I love it's a his promo character. that he had. It was a little over the top, but I kind of dig it for his character. Supposed to be over the top. Yeah. A little, like a little bit of Jimmy Hart in there, too, I see. Yeah. I see a, a little bit of Jimmy time. Hart. Yep. You know? So lo- loving it. He obviously studied some tape on on obnoxious promos, <laughs> and he's just killing it. I'm, I'm I'm really happy with what he's doing. I'm also really happy with what they're doing with Santos Escobar 
the aforementioned drug dealer. Uh, that's not a drug dealer at all, Nick. It's just the name that's making you think that. Right. Um, because he comes out, he's got a match with uh, with Tyler Breeze. Last week, uh, he and his boys attacked Breezango. Stole, uh, they beat up Dango, and then they beat down Tyler Breeze when he came to save him. Um, and this week, we had a, a match for the Cruiserweight Championship, which, by the way, that belt looked like an absolute piece of garbage when it was originally made and on 205 Live, like the Enzo era, the Enzo and Neville era uh, of, of the 205 Live belt. When he popped open, when Santos popped open his, his coat here and showed off the belt around his waist with the big Aztec symbol behind him and his music and the atmosphere and his boys behind him, oh, that was good. Yeah, it was. That was a great visual. That's a champ. It looks like a champion. He's got that big it looks like jaw a, and just kind of you know mm, larger than normal head and just yeah. he's, and the camera shot looking up at him like that with yes. the belt. I'll, I'll admit this. I was just chastising you about Cameron Grimes. I was a doubter of the of, of him unmasking. You were. King Cuerno himself unmasking. Yeah. And uh, Santos Escobar, really? That's what you're you going to name him? You I hated, hated it. I come around on it. I'm, I'm yeah. in for it. I, yeah. I love it. He has absolutely delivered really clean English, great promo, just like all of this. He's just checking all the boxes. Looks the part. Has goons. It's fantastic. Everything. And the, and the wow, goons this is are total great wrestlers package. too. They're over yeah. there having great stuff over on Two of Five Live as well. So the yep. the whole the total package right here. And uh, it was interesting. He and he and Breeze had a very nice cruiserweight style match, um, which ultimately ended up with Dango coming out trying to save trying to save Breeze from the beatdown that inevitably was going to happen. And then of course Dango gets beaten down again. They go for his injured arm, but who should come out to save the Breezango boys? But Swerve Scott who apparently is next in line for a title shot at Santos Escobar's belt. He's never he's beaten Santos Escobar before. He's the only guy who's beaten Santos Escobar in NXT. So that's a nice little uh, a little accolade to put there before you have this first major challenger for Santos Escobar. Great build for that. I'm looking forward to, to a little kill shot and King Cuerno reunion mm. in NXT in an actual program. That's awesome. Oh. So the only thing that I'm not liking here is Brizango. Yeah. They're once again, they're, you know, they, 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 they keep getting on and off stop start booked here in NXT where sometimes we're supposed to take them seriously and other times they're being goofy and then other times they're just here to be essentially firewood for someone else's feud, yeah. which is what's happening right here. Yeah, I mean, going all the way back to Fashion Police ever since then. I mean, Tyler Breeze used to be once that died, once they, once they canceled Fashion Police. Yep. It's yeah. they've been kind of these jokes, but I, you know what, it, the comedy gimmicks and that they're having fun. I, I don't want to take anything away from them. They're having fun. I don't think we're meant to take them seriously. I don't think they're being put over that way in any way, shape, or form. And, and I don't know that they're that mad about it. And also, I, I'm I'm worried about Tyler Breeze a little bit too because you know I I mean maybe he gets that back knee from sitting in a video game chair all day, but. Or he's on some sort of weird supplements. Like that's not the Prince Pretty I know. I don't know what's going on with him there. That makes me worried about his not his health, but like what what is he doing to keep fit or whatever. Like that's yeah. a it's a it's a little bit of a weird thing um, in a in a business that's so concerned with visuals and look. That's a cons- like when you're allowing that to happen, especially when your gimmick is being good looking. Um, that's something that's very concerning to me. Yeah. Because that indicates a lack of care. Yeah. So, throwing that out there, that's something that was that was. Well, I, yeah, I just couldn't as, help but notice. As Jer- Sheriff McDonald points out in the chat, he is the current un- up, up, down, down champion. 
uh, that does require some some seat time. That's what so, I'm saying. Yeah, you might get a little bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't know. I don't have one of those chairs. So yeah. They're too expensive. Yeah. But uh, bottom line is, is yeah, Breezango, ah, still kind of twisting in the breeze. Yep. Not twisting in the breeze, however, is the Robert Stone brand, which is on fire ever since picking up Mercedes Martinez. We had a tag match between Aaliyah, Mercedes, and the, the pair of Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter, who have obviously been spending a lot of time working together on their tag team moves because they got some slick tag team moves. It also helps they're both about the same size. So it actually, it kind of works with them as a tag team. They're like a couple of little mini dervishes in there spinning around and doing all kinds of crazy athletic moves. It's kind of cool. Unfortunately, yeah. they're, they're nowhere near ready for the likes of Mercedes Martinez. Uh, Who they came out a- looking like a boss from Final Fantasy, by the way. What, what in the world did she have You've on? You've seen her entrance before. I love it. Yeah. I love it. She's intimidating as hell. That is such an intimidating entrance. Her, phys- her, her mannerisms, her physicality, the way she carries herself, that mask, everything. And, and the best part is, is sometimes people come out with masks and they take them off and you go, oh. <laughs> it just it kills the mystique. She takes off her mask and she's just glowering and sneering, and you just go, ah, oh god, she's gonna kill people. You're right. It's it's great. She's she's absolutely for someone who we were worried was, was gonna blend in with Mia Yim, like their gimmicks were gonna be too similar. Nah, she she did a nice hard little turn there and started going for Mortal Kombat instead of you know Ghetto Chick, and it works. It totally freaking works. Now the point here was that Casey and Caden were a good combination, but couldn't handle Mercedes Martinez, who's an absolute beast. She does get a win for the Robert Stone brand, which the Robert Stone and Aaliyah were very excited about. Robert Stone, of course, still nursing his foot after getting stepped on uh, by Casey Catanzaro, who refused to join his brand at the beginning of the match. Uh, the irony being that she weighs about 70 pounds soaking wet. If that. Right. Yeah. yeah. But former American Ninja Warrior, though, so she's got some skills. Yep. Uh, but... Not happy with this at the end of the match was Rhea Ripley, who came out, stared them down, ran to the ring, and immediately started getting into it with Mercedes Martinez. Rhea got outnumbered, however, which then meant Shotzi Blackheart had to come out and save her ass. So we're heading towards Rhea and Shotzi versus Aaliyah and Mercedes. And I'm not going to lie, Nick, that is a very odd thing to say. <laughs> like I, that's, I would not have predicted that. Nope. But I'm not mad at it. If you're going to have to take Rhea out of the title picture, we've said this before, you've got to give her something to do that distracts her. Why would she not be going for the title? Having her start a feud with Mercedes Martinez, having her do a brief comedy bit with the Robert Stone brand, which then leads into a non-comedy bit like this, I thought was very elegant booking yeah. uh, in order to get Rhea out of the main picture, keep her strong, put her against someone else who's also been booked insanely strong, like Mercedes Martinez. You transition from a comedy angle into a serious angle, I'm I'm not mad at this at all, actually, no. and the, and having Shotzi be involved as well uh, also does a very similar thing for her. She she needs to do something, and this actually elevates her from kind of farting around with people that are on the lower part of the card, but also keeps her from going for the title and losing, and then losing that luster. Yeah, obviously you've got so. uh, you've got Rhea and Mercedes in there, but look at what this does for I think Aaliyah and Shotzi is it just elevates them up to that level and i think it's it's kind of turnkey and it's very it's it's not a joke what i hope they don't do is have robert stone out there doing all of his antics and interfering because i think that would retract it back down to that thing that we don't want it to be 
But I, I think it's but inevitable that's, that that's going to happen. That's what I liked about this match is you had Casey and Caden reject Robert Stone. He got out of the ring with his silly crap, and then we had an actual match. Yeah. And also, and Casey and Caden looked good in this match. I mean, I, I, I felt like they kind of looked like play wrestlers before. They looked like they were actually striking people in this, and that was good. Yeah. I thought Aaliyah was looking great. Like she's, her mannerisms have also just gotten mwah. Like she's playing her character really well. I'm liking a lot of what I see here. The women's division NXT is absolutely their bright shining spot. There's yep. just no way around it. Um, that being said, <laughs> they've also got the Undisputed Era in NXT, and they have fallen off a bit from their former glory to the point where they're now interrupting Drake, Maverick, and Killian Dane matches. Wait, wait, wait. Drake, Maverick versus Killian Dane? What? Where did... What? That match was... That's like a... That match is like made to be interrupted because what the actual hell is that? Where... Drake, Maverick versus Killian Dane. It's unfair is what that is. It's a David and Goliath thing. It's what Dra it's what Rockstar Spud has made his career out of is is going against these giant uh, insurmountable dudes or it, teaming up with them in some way, right? It, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Labyrinth. You had you had Hoggle and you had Ludo. Yeah. Having a match against each other. I haven't watched Labyrinth enough to to that many times to memorize who everybody was, what their <laughs> names were, like you well, have. Well, trust but, me, the nerds in the chat and the nerds listening yeah. to the show are going to understand what the heck I'm talking about. They'll get that joke, and they'll laugh. Yeah. But I was laughing more at the fact that we had this ridiculous match, and then Undisputed Era comes out, and in classic Undisputed Era fashion, beats down everybody, takes over the ring, and Adam Cole cuts a quick promo about how he's going to absolutely destroy Pat McAfee at TakeOver 30. He's like, you coming into my world... You're going to kick me with my hands behind my back. I'm going to destroy you. Um, this, I don't know. This seems a little too straightforward to me, Nick. Are you, are you smelling a swerve here? I've, I've been – listen, let's go back. Let's rewind uh -oh. the clocks a couple uh -oh. of months, right? When everybody was telling me I was crazy, that they were going to strap Keith Lee and it was going to send Adam Cole into a spiral and it was going to begin the breakup angle for Undisputed Era, right? Okay. And this Pat McAfee thing feels like it came out of nowhere, but I can't help but feel that it was orchestrated in a way. But and I'm 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 loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. The kick last week with him being a kicker, place kicker, fantastic. It really gives him gives him a gimmick in a way that he kind of already had, but it puts it out there that everybody that didn't know, that just maybe knew him as a mouthpiece. But yeah, what if Pat McAfee wins here? It continues to send Adam Cole in the spiral, down the spiral. The rest of the UE loses faith in their leader. Mm. Right? Things change. This can yeah. this can absolutely change. I'm I'm kind of all aboard this train uh, of undisputed era just falling apart. And we we saw hints of face turns from Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly a, a couple of weeks ago. Well, uh, this is this is evolving. I'll be interested to see what actually transpires a week from now. Let's be clear. Undisputed Era turns on Adam Cole. He's turning face. They're going mega heel because that's going to be maybe not shield level of turn, but that's going to be molten if they beat down Adam Cole after all this. Yeah. So I, I'm very much looking that's forward some, to that's seeing That's some bullet club, bullet club breakup shit right there. Yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I'm saying is like this could sneak up on people. I think yeah. a lot of people that are dismissing this as just being a little Adam Cole, Pat McAfee thing. Even if it's just that, Adam Cole's speech here made that hot. If it's not that, it could be a lot of fun. A couple more quick things on NXT. we got to hop over and do the big WWE SmackDown show. Mia Yim defeated Indy Hartwell, even though she was a bit distracted by Keith Lee being in the hospital. Uh, Indy's looking great. I'm loving her heel mannerisms. I think she's got a, a, a high ceiling. Um, she looks great. She works great. I love seeing her with Yim here. Um, 
And that's basically all this was, was Gim looks strong. Another look at Indy Lauher to get some TV time. Good stuff. And Mia's coming back from the hospital. Keith's face got burned, and she's distraught and all of yeah. this, and she's mad at the same time and came to take it out on Indy Hartwell. I love that angle of it as well, where she was caught backstage coming back from from checking in on Keith. So uh, this this is all kind of story stuff. I'll be interested when they start. Are we going to start folding Mia Yim into something with uh, Scarlett and Karrion Cross? Uh, I, 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 I don't want that. I wouldn't hate it. But I don't want it yet. But I think yeah. we could get there at some point. Maybe her doing something with Scarlet, but I don't. I don't need it. I don't yeah. need it. Keep no. it simple. Yep. Um, the way that we've got a simple main women's feud, a, a, a title women's feud, Io Shirai Dakota Kai. They both cut promos. Uh, Dakota Kai says, "I've figured out Io. I know how to beat her." And Io Shirai says, "What is Dakota? Dakota's nothing. Dakota just pisses me off." Yeah. And they let Io. I, I thought both these promos worked great for both the ladies. One in light, one in darkness. Uh, Dakota Kai outside, bright light, kind of sneering into the camera. Io Shirai in a darkened room, walking towards the camera, uh, you know, talking. Letting, they let her talk all in Japanese and just subtitled her, except at the very end, where she just said, Dakota pisses me off. <laughs> and it, I was like, dude, hell yeah. Io Shirai just cut a sick promo. Yes. Dakota Kai's promo was fine. It was good. It, did, it was effective. Io Shirai's promo was sick. Uh, it was badass. It, it made you feel like she was a badass. So, yeah, good well, stuff Well here. cut, well edited, well shot. That dark background yeah. and all of that's just no mm, complaints. so good. No really, complaints. Really good. No complaints about that. A couple of uh, uh, uneven NXT show, but certainly not as uneven as the next show we have to talk about, <laughs> Nick. And that show is Friday Night SmackDown. Well, leading us off, I got to say, Brad Shepard on his way out the door had to go take care of some stuff. Dropped another 200 bits. Oh, Thank dude. you very much, Brad Thank Shepard. You, Brad. And then Appreciate Kyle it. comes in with 100 bits and says, so what's going on with Raquel? Because that Dakota promo has me worried for her. Yeah, Dakota did say, I'm going to go it alone. I don't need any help. Uh, one wonders if Raquel's one of the people that might have come up positive uh, or something else. Or it just else. hasn't been working. And they're cutting, you know, cutting. That too bad. Out. I I really did see kind of a Shawn Michaels Diesel thing going on there, but maybe yeah. they just thought Raquel wasn't ready or something. I don't know. Much like the tag team division in AEW, the women's division in NXT is super stacked. Yeah, and it, that's that's kind of a problem you run into sometimes. No, no room, <laughs> yeah. no room for things not being perfect. So, mm-hmm. speaking of things not being perfect, Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, so we open up the show with a big E and John. Oh, I think Morrison I need to match. put up a, a TV fourteen assemble uh, up here yes. on the thing. So we're, we're you know, we, we're going 14. TV fourteen now, guys. There was no reason that I could tell that it should be TV fourteen this week, but maybe they've got something planned for it to be TV fourteen. I don't, I don't know. I don't maybe. Know. All I know is is that Nick, did you know that Big E's on a singles career? He's having a singles push. Did you know? Yes, sir. I did. You did know? You did I know? Did. I did. It would be impossible not to know because they're shoving it down our throats every time we see Big E on the TV. <laughs> yes, I know he's having a singles push. Yes, I know he's a member of the New Day. Yes, I know that Kofi and Xavier are out. Thank you, WWE. If they're, <laughs> they're wondering why they don't retain fans is because they treat everyone who's watching as though they've never seen the show before. Good God. So we start off having this Big E and John Morrison match. Apparently, Big E ran his mouth on Twitter about retribution which didn't sit well with Retribution because they came out, chased everybody out of the ring, beat up Big E and John Morrison, and then vanished into the darkness of the Performance Center. 
which apparently is a gigantic space where you can hide a whole bunch of ninja-dressed Antifa. So You know what I'm more mad about than the Big E stuff is Michael Cole. Is that retribution? Oh, my God, they're here. They have weapons. We got to go. Oh, my God. Is that uh, retribution? Retribution it. is here. Ladies and gentlemen, this is retribution. They are dressed all in black because they're retribution, and retribution wants to retribute the retribution of the— Okay, we get it, Michael. Thank you. Stop it. Ah. Uh, Retribution comes out, stops the match, beats up Biggie and John Morrison. Then we go back to the locker room, Biggie and John Morrison licking their wounds. Miz helps John Morrison away, and Biggie gets into it with both King Corbin and Sheamus, who both say, ah, Biggie, you're nothing. Your your singles career is going nowhere. I'm everyone should follow me. And Biggie says, nah, we're not gonna stand for this. Everybody be on the lookout uh, for retribution. We're gonna beat them up. Okay, fine. Uh, okay. Later on, we had the Big E and John Morrison match continue. During it, there was a signs that Retribution were striking again, so all the all the talent came out to the ring. Meanwhile, Retribution beat up everyone who was back in catering. All couple the referees, a couple of referees, some poor bastard who was stuck in the bathroom. They put a chair on the door because ooh, that's what that's what anarchists do. Who, who's in the uh, bathroom with the door open? Close well, the door. It was, just, it was just it was just unlocked. It was unlocked. Uh, well, okay. All right. Close the door. But they, they, they did. Well, okay. The door was closed again. They were locked inside because That's retributions fun. are a bunch of high schoolers. Um, and they, so they, they trashed the backstage area and then vanished into the darkness of the PC, which is apparently a huge black space. The parking lot. Uh, right. Before all the talent could get back there and, and survey the damage. Uh, but then Big E and John Morrison continued their match through the whole thing. Big E ultimately putting John Morrison in a stretch muffler despite having a bum knee, which he didn't sell at all. Um, and winning the match. So, okay. Let's look at a couple of different aspects here. Sure. Big E rolls through both Miz and Morrison back-to-back weeks. Um, is this off to a good start for a singles career? Or, like, with, with every, like, locker room leader stuff, beating Miz and Morrison, um, do you feel this is enough for a singles career? Or is this just kind of like a hat tip to all the good work he's done with New Day for the last couple of years? And they're just like Kofi, where they're just waiting for him to get back with New Day. Get back to making us money. The singles career is cute, but know your place. No, I'm not going to dismiss it like that. I think this is long overdue for him. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think we've all sort of collectively agreed on that. I don't know if I like the way they're executing it, but I feel like they're treading water until a couple of other things at the top of the card finish, and then we're going to get... Right, like the other things we're going to talk about. Like I would love to say m- so much more about this, but we're going to talk about the other things. Okay, I'll, I'll remember to bring it up in in certain. Then key let's areas, head over. I and think talk there's about, more yeah. coming. Yes. What about retribution? This this week, many more members, different size members. This time, it wasn't a whole bunch of five foot seven ninjas. It was varying sizes. Some of the women had their hair out. Uh, pretty sure I called che- call, uh, caught Chelsea Green's tips. Um, so was this a better? presentation of retribution they seemed more they seemed more chaotic they seemed more in it wasn't as goofy or like childish as they've been presented before or was it just me it was still a little childish it wasn't as bad as let's throw cinder blocks through the windows (laughs) two of them two of them one through the window and then one just through the empty space where the window was this this was (laughs) this was actually menacing uh i wanted it to be I wanted I want it to be disruptive like this. I don't want it to be destructive. Like when they got to the backstage area and they were just spray painting everything and flipping tables. I like I don't want it to be destructive. I want them to come in and just disrupt matches and beat up people. But this is my point is they did that. They yeah. they disrupted a match and then they went backstage and disrupted the match again by 
disrupting the backstage area and causing confusion and chaos, yeah. right? That seemed to be more effective than just trashing the parking lot and making the lights flicker inexplicably, yeah. um, which just seems silly. So this seemed more, this seemed like more uh, of a well thought out plot device and less just like an arbitrary, we have to have them doing something on the show. The but at some point, we've got to reveal something. Like, Well, you have to reveal the exact number of members. We've seen up to nine of them in one place now. Yeah. That's a lot of people. We've also seen uh, enough different sizes of them that, like, the mic, it's being reported that people playing them right now may not be who actually ultimately are unmasked as retribution. Sure. Um, and that's still up in the air, which, fine, okay, I think they've done enough to confuse us as to who's actually in the gang. But unfortunately, it's also going to mean, going to mean that it's going to make less sense when they do unmask them, and it's not at all who we've seen already. Mm. But um, at the end of the day, this was the best retribution stuff so far. That's not a high bar, and that's not saying it was good. It was just the best stuff so far. But it does, it does make me think, okay, they might be able to do something with this. Yeah. It's just they're going to have to try really hard. Yeah, Kyle with another hundred bits uh, threw threw it yeah. in. Said uh, the second retribution angle last night got my attention for the first time. They actually looked intimidating there, and it's primarily because Kayla was sitting there in the corner, scared yeah. for her life. Little yeah, Kayla, was a really good job huddled, by her. Huddled in the corner, yep. terrified because they were just trashing everything, putting Drake words through a table. Um, so yeah, no, that it, they actually seemed intimidating there, and beating up both Biggie and Morrison while shot like crap um, also seemed intimidating as well. So. Yep. Last week, chasing off everybody and then like beating down one PC student and trashing the ring, that just seemed, it really did seem kind of childish and silly. It didn't, yeah. it did, wasn't intimidating the way that they thought it was. Ooh, chainsaw. Um, so, right. yeah, so, all right. I, I still don't think it's a great angle yet because I don't think they know where they're going with it. Yeah. But we will have to see how they, how they figure it out. Uh, that being said, another angle that is going to some very bizarre places, Nick, is the angle between. The Fiend and Braun Strowman. This mm -hmm. week, Alexa Bliss was interviewed about the fact that she was captured by The Fiend twice and apparently got away uh, despite being choked out twice almost exactly. This. It was very, very weird segments. But she was interviewed saying she was really disturbed because she thought Braun cared about her. Last week, Braun said, I don't give a crap about Alexa Bliss. I just want The Fiend because I came out of the swamp, the most evil son of a bitch on the planet. Well, Alexa Bliss didn't like that. She thought they, they were friends. And so when... Uh, when Braun came out to the ring later in the show to call out the Fiend with his new shaved head and crazy look, uh, he finally gave up, Nick. He finally, he finally Corbined it. He Baron Corbined it. He's like, this isn't, this isn't going to get any better up top here. Might as well just take this storyline opportunity to let it go. Yeah. And it's, it's fine. It looks fine. I, I love it. Yeah, it works. It was, um, it, he kept going up and up and up and up, and it got to a point where it's just so thin. It's just a it, tiny little going, ponytail in the back. He kept going up and up and up and up, and it kept going out and out and out and out, and it just wasn't, yeah, it just wasn't working out so well. So he finally let it go. He's bald, and, uh, and it's a good, scary look, and he said, I'm now the most evil son of a bitch on the planet. I want to rip the fiend apart. I want to feast on his entrails. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I basically said I'm a lot of very harsh. I'm going to eviscerate him yes. and feast on his entrails. I'm going to disembowel him <laughs> and cannibalize his internal organs. I mean, we are getting close to what? Halloween. It's almost gut eating time, and I'm a big fan of the gut eaters. You know, like brain eaters, gut eaters. Like it's it's zombie time, baby. And apparently, Braun, we got zombie Braun now. Oh yes. Oh, I, yeah. So, I, <laughs> so 
maybe that's why it was TV 14 was Braun was saying some really, really nasty stuff about The Fiend. But while he was saying this, out came Alexa Bliss to get in his face and saying, what happened to you, Braun? I used to know you. And Braun's not looking at her um, and saying, I don't give a damn about you. The Fiend is using you as a pawn. All I want is The Fiend. Get out of here. And Alexa saying, I, you know, I've, I'll slap some sense into you. Look at me, Braun. And he finally looks at her, his lips all quivering. And she slaps the crap out of him a couple times. She no-sells. And then he picks her up. Picks her up. Hoists her above his head. And then starts walking around, calling out the fiend. As the lights start going down, the, fiends, the fiend lights start going down, not the retribution lights. I know it can be confusing because they're very similar. Yeah. But the fiend lights start going down. <laughs> And Braun's looking for the fiend, you know, throw Alexa Bliss at the fiend, I guess. Uh, and then he just gives up and hucks her into the air as the lights go out entirely. Just flings her into the air. As the lights come back up, Alexa is crouched in the ring, recovering from falling from eight feet in the air. And uh, the fiend is standing there looking around, wondering where the hell Braun is. Yeah. Braun's not in the ring. The fiend looks up at the Titantron. All of a sudden, Braun looks, pops up on the Titantron right up close to the camera and starts laughing maniacally. And then the fiend starts laughing maniacally, and then we close the show. What? What? Mm-hmm. We even got the uh, tongue out from the <laughs> from the fiend <laughs> yeah. out of the mask, which I I love that. I love them like counter laughing at each other like that, especially when Bray started going, and you could kind of hear that a little yeah. bit. I wish they would have amplified that a little bit more. But I think the two of them did the fiend just turn face. Did, did the fiend save the damsel in distress? Is that what we're trying to tell you? Or here? is this is this heel versus heel? Is this a, a war for Braun's soul? Like we're we're going into some very bizarre territory here. And I'm not I'm gonna admit, I'm not entirely mad at it. No. Alexa Bliss is a good enough actress. This is some really corny shit. Yeah. I'm gonna put this out right now, okay? It's 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 corny, it's campy. You know, I want, I want you to explain plot. this angle to me as if I've never... I'm, I'm somebody that's never watched wrestling before. <laughs> All right. So there's a swamp wizard who conjures up an evil demon to try to destroy the uh, agent of the apocalypse that he's actually raised up uh, in his previous life. But now he is an attempt, in an attempt to get control over this agent of the apocalypse. The agent of the apocalypse has been unleashed and is now the monster he was always supposed to be. But his former girlfriend... Uh, is trying to get him back to being sane again. So the swamp wizard summons the demon to try to take the to try to get the woman. And then the he really doesn't. I'm lost. Exactly. And you and you wonder why your ratings are tanking. I'm just saying. I love this. I'm fantastic. Yeah. Like I'm all in on this. For people that love wrestling and are fans of WWE, this or is or just goofy shit in general. This like, is fantastic. I, oh yeah, I love goofy, crazy, out there shit. Like this is. I was digging this. Yeah. I was digging this. Again, you know, the acting is what it is. Alexa Bliss, I, I thought, did as, as good as she could have with this stuff. And Braun, too. Braun is doing the best he can by playing this guy who's absolutely lost his freaking mind. Yeah. Um, so there, there's stuff about this that I absolutely love. But I can't get around the fact that this is goony as shit. <laughs> this is goony. This is, this is just absolutely cornball, you know, B-minus horror movie nonsense. Is it more goony or less goony than Agent of the Apocalypse, Karrion Cross, and his sorceress fireball kisses on things? Nick, 
he put a fireball kiss on a on an envelope compared to a demon conjured up by a swamp wizard to face the agent of the apocalypse. What do you think is more goony? And the agent of the apocalypse, his girlfriend, is, is trying to slap him to make him back to being fun karaoke guy again. In a, in a Car- sort of karaoke. Bride of Frankenstein, Beauty and the Beast kind of way. Oh, yeah. man. It's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's more like the Wolfman, I think, actually. That's, really a good, want, that's a good analogy. That's if better, you really yeah. want to get to like some horror stuff sure. here, it's more like the Wolfman is, you know. Uh, he's a danger to her every time he turns, and she still loves him. She wants him to be the man. That anyway, bottom line is this is crazy stuff. Um, and I can't. I wish. I I wish I could sit here and crap on it, but I can't because I kind of love it. Yeah, Mr. Divian with a hundred bits says, "Do it right." I agree. I'm not sure what you meant by that, Mr. Du- Mr. Divian, but thank you for the hundred bits. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, yeah. I again. I think that. Because this is this is the this is the brainchild of Bray Wyatt. This is his plot. He's the one who's doing the creative on this. In Bray, like, I trust. I want to be clear about that. Like, well, and this after is everything thing. he's done for a year now with this gimmick, Braun Braun was becoming a bit of a milk toast. Yeah, right. He was just becoming kind of a cardboard cutout. Now he's really compelling. I think I, it's crazy what they're doing with him, but they're making him scary again. They're making him a guy who could go out and cause damage. Yeah. And I, I also like the fact that they're pushing home this idea that he was, that Bray wants him because he knows what Braun is capable of because Braun is essentially like an agent of the apocalypse, like I was saying. So from that standpoint, that's a very compelling little moniker to put on your character is, you know, you, you essentially, you're like, he's basically like Hellboy, Right. Like he could choose to be an evil demon and pick up his rightful place on the, the throne of hell sure. and bring about the apocalypse, or he can rip off his horns and be like, "No, I'm just a man. I'm still powerful, but I'm not that." Yeah, right. That's good stuff. And you know, outside of kayfabe, you can tell WWE are investing in him when, for three or so years now, he's had the same damn Tron basically that just said Braun Strowman on it. Now it's a giant light speed locomotive busting through a mountain with him on the side of it, just Rah! just you know, hanging <laughs> on. Fantastic. And he's got new yeah. merch and he's got all this right there. So they're investing in him. So yeah, pushing him like that. But you should. Also, uh, Jacob with the gifted sub to yeah. bagels for three, paying it forward from his gifted sub that he got nice. from Andy earlier. Thank you very much, Jacob. Really nice appreciate that. Very uh, cool. Bagels, make sure you thank uh, Jacob for the gifted sub, and welcome to the stream. Uh, yeah, I, I, I have no... I, unless you're somebody that's, that I've referred to in the past as a filthy casual that is going <laughs> to a live show that is enjoying the spectacle of the Fiend oh, entrance, okay. right? It, if you're a wrestling fan, you have to. there's part of you that has to love this. This yeah. is kind of all the things that we love about professional wrestling. And uh, I, I'm, I'm here for it. I want to see how this ends. Yeah, I was a uh, fan of the Rosemary Sue Young stuff. I love the, yeah. the wrestling house stuff that they're doing at Impact right now. Like, yeah. I love Lucha Underground. I love out there stuff. It's just weird to see it done in WWE with characters that we've until now been seeing being very normal. We've talked about this before. Is the WWE has to be careful with this juxtaposition of really out there goony stuff because it does seem to be at odds with the rest of their presentation. Yeah. And I think that's a, why a lot of people kind of recoiled from this is it's just not in keeping with the rest of their stuff. Yeah. The Tonally, it seems a little bit different. And, you know, the Swamp match was hit or miss with people as well. So it's, 
Yeah, I'm cur- I'm very curious where they're going with this, though. I, 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 I'm digging this stuff. Now, this is that, one of those points where I wanted to bring back, invoke uh, Big E again, because I do think that at a certain point we're going to put the strap back on the Fiend, and I do think there's a possibility that we could elevate Big E uh, to get up to the I, Fiend. I actually think, well, no, I personally, I think you just put a big old tinfoil hat on there for one. Sure. But for two, I think that they've actually now built Braun to the point where we believably could think he could beat the fiend. Sure. Like they've, they've, you know, at least within their world of storyline said that he's on that level. So yeah, his power level now they've, they've, he went away and trained on, on King Kai's planet. And now he's come back from the dead. Okay. Come you back, know. come back down. <laughs> oh, sorry. Right. Sorry. I went to dragon ball there for a second. Right. My point is, is that I think that Braun and Fiend's going to run for a while. I think Big E should be considered in the Intercontinental Championship world, but we'll talk about that in a second. First, we have to talk about Sasha and Bailey introducing the women's three-brand battle royale. They they called out the Iconics, and they introduced uh, Tegan Knox, Shotzi Blackheart, and then lots of other women because one of the women they had to introduce was Oscar. Oscar was in the battle royale, and the second you saw her in there, you had to kind of have seen the writing on the wall. Right, and sure enough. Uh, it got down to Tegan and Asuka and Shayna Baszler. Um, and then Tegan went out. And then, miraculously, Dana Brooke was still there for some reason. The woman forgot about her. The commentary forgot about her. Michael Cole even admitted that he did. Dana gets in there. She gets taken out by Shayna Baszler. Um, and ultimately, we're down to Shayna and Asuka. And Asuka knocks Shayna out. And Asuka is going to go on and face both women, both Sasha and Bailey, for... Both of the titles, one after the other. Interesting uh, plot twist. Interesting twist. Now, the complaints here were that in this match, once again, we had a lot of popular women kind of get sidelined. The the Riot Squad and the Iconics, they had their little tiff on one side of it. Um, Lacey Evans and Naomi had a little bit of a tiff. Lacey knocked Naomi out of the match again before getting herself knocked out as well. People went nuts on Twitter. Naomi Deserves Better is back especially after the commentary said, hey, even a hashtag won't save you, Naomi. Ha, 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 stupid fans. Don't like who you like. Only like who we tell you to. <laughs> I missed that. Yeah, I was, I was just like, oh, WWE, no, no, no. Um, so once again, Naomi gets the, the short end of the stick here. Um, and then, of course, Shayna just kind of being there. But Bianca Belair, shockingly, uh, had a, uh, they gave her a bit of a nice showing. She actually did, she did one of the coolest ring outs I've ever seen. She got Tamina up, and, I, and I, I apologize. I don't even know what to call this move. She gets both of her arms locked and, and, and presses Tamina up and then just hucks her out of the ring. Tamina, who they always build as being, you know, big mean. Bianca Belair hucks her out before getting eliminated herself. Mm. So Bianca had a, a fairly nice showing as well, although they could have done more with her as well. So... Unfortunately, a lot of women not looking great, but Asuka looking fantastic. The big criticism, um, a lot of women had to look bad so that we could be back to the same three women again. Is, yeah. is the top of the women's division too small, Nick, or do you see this being a temporary thing just for SummerSlam, and was this the best option plot-wise for that? I won't lie. There was part of me that was disappointed when we got down to being Shayna and Asuka at the end, and I'm like, well, why even have the Battle Royale? You know why? Why even bother at that point? Why not just go straight to uh, Baszler and Oscar? But I understand it now. Uh, if they pull this off, you could potentially have Oscar two belts, and that be the thing that ignites Sasha Bailey. 
that we've all been waiting for. We've all been, it, and it would be brilliant. It would be a, a wonderful powder keg explosion of the two of them both losing their titles. And if they somehow had to end up uh, defending and losing potentially their tag team championships as well. We saw the Iconics and more and the Riot Squad go out early. I wouldn't be surprised if next week we got some kind of thing where they had to defend the tag team championships. Uh, well, payback, so, payback. They're the week after they do this with Oscar. They're defending their tag championships at payback. Right. So, so if, we're going to have if, we, if they both lose their singles championships and then they drop the tag championships and it's just this one big explosion and then they just go at each other. And it just becomes a blood feud. We don't. We the belts can go have their own stories, and we can have Sasha and Bailey lead up to Mania uh, for the next eight nine that's, months. Well, <laughs> okay, that's unrealistic. Sure. But my 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 point is is that I and, and I agree with you that I like the idea of the the gold explosion. Like they just lose everything. Yeah. I like that, and then we can have other stories. Um, and also, I can't be mad at Murder Oscar. Coming out here, taking out everybody, and then backstage murdering Sasha and Bailey, and being like, "I'm coming for both your titles." What you you murdered my friend and sent her out of WWE? I'm coming for you. And and it's because they listen. You know, they've been listening. You know, last year all we did was complain <laughs> about how terrible they were treating Oscar, how no terrible more. the the, the, the Kabuki anymore. Warriors didn't have Woo! any have a name. They were coming out to those back and forth entrance on. Yeah, if now, you're complaining about Oscar's booking, you're not watching the shows. Nope. Oscar's getting tons of love, and I'm here for it. Kyle threw so, another hundred bits in. Said thank, thank you, sir. You. Said uh, he wanted Shayna, Bianca, Shotzi, or Tegan, but I honestly cannot say I'm mad here. Badass Oscar no. killing Sasha and Bailey for Kyrie is compelling and makes her almost back to NXT form. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and uh, and quad spec. Sure, I can't Donald. See. That's Jared. Quads. Oh, Jared. Jared was on. Uh, says uh, Oscar was on Twitter a few days ago promoting, uh, posting a pic of herself. And the old Kana evil face paint just messing with people. Yeah, with the crazy contacts and everything. Um, I was going back and reminding myself of evil Kana for a while there. And, I, and the fact that she's bringing that up, mm, mm -hmm. I'm here for her to go all complete murder Kana on them. I would love that. If she comes out and like, like, like the, like, the white like, face paint, almost clown paint in a way. Like if like Jushin Thunder Ligers got Kushin, like if she came out and like yeah. Evil Kana was her Kushin Liger, she pulls him, only pulls oh. it out for like extreme situations. Uh. And it's just like it's like the fiend. It's uh, it's like the demon for Finn Balor. Like yeah. that's kind of what she has too. Uh, I'm here for and it. And it gets got its like, own special kind of entrance or something Asuka. like that. Oscar goes to Ultra Instinct. It would be <laughs> oh, it'd be sick. It'd be great. <laughs> AJ Styles. We talked about the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, he came out to deliver, um, to, to tell everybody how he's come up with a new system for figuring out who's going to face him for the Intercontinental Championship. He calls it the Phenomenal Intercontinental Statistics System, or PISS. Right. Because Vince McMahon is a goddamn child. Because, <laughs> because the people that write this show have the humor level of a a third grader. Good lord. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> Call it piss. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's called piss. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> um, the, the thing is, Nick, I popped so hard for this segment. On my feet, fists in the air, pumping them. Because the man who was helping AJ Styles develop this system, the man who was sitting there holding the, the dry erase board, the man who was helping him pull off the, uh, the cover of it to reveal that there was no one who was ready for AJ Styles, the man who was by his side this entire segment and what came after. 
That man was Joseph Park, otherwise known as Abyss. Yes. Who has been feuding with AJ Styles, on off feuds with AJ Styles since back like TNA. Early TNA, what, yeah. 2005, 2003 maybe even? Forever they've known each other. They've had sick matches. Um, and we've known Abyss has been in WWE for a while. What his role was, we weren't entirely sure whether it was creative or agent or booking, whatever. But here he is finally on TV again, playing the goofy statistics guy to AJ Styles. And I, I didn't know AJ Styles needed a sidekick until Abyss became his sidekick. And right. now it's all I can think about. Nick, it's almost think- it's like if Paul Bearer was an accountant. He's got that kind of kind of thing going about facial expressions were killing me yeah i'm i'm dead i'm I'm totally here for it (laughs) oh my god so that i I completely popped for that i popped less for uh, for jeff hardy coming out and saying i should face you and aj being like no you shouldn't and then jeff hardy jumping uh aj styles and trying to get a match um jeff hardy versus aj styles we haven't seen that in about seven years also back in tna um i'm still here for it okay not mad at that i still feel nick big e should ultimately be the guy who takes the title off of AJ. But if you want to start with a Jeff Hardy feud, then knock yourselves out. Right. Fine. Jeff Hardy signs his name on the big old whiteboard, uh, which apparently was in permanent marker, which was now called Markergate, apparently, according to Joseph Park on Twitter. And he apologizes to AJ. Um, but he did say that, yes, I was there. I saw that that nasty Jeff Hardy hit you. I was right there. I saw it. Loving, loving, loving Joseph Park with AJ. That's... Mm. But Jesse O'Connor with 100 bits. Throw him in. Thank you very much, Jess. Kyle, again, with 100 bits, said, make AJ's whiteboard the new list. Love seeing Abyss and AJ together. Favorite SmackDown of the year just for this segment. Side note, give me Fiend versus Abyss. (laughs) Yes, in a Monsters Ball match, and you've got me right Mm -hmm. there. Uh, One real quick thing, though. We're running a little bit behind, so we've got to then roll through this. Um, Intercontinental title, Jeff Hardy versus AJ Styles. Next week on SmackDown. Again, an IC defense not on the pay-per-view. You got two pay-per-views back-to-back, one week after the other, and you can't put the Intercontinental Championship defense on that pay-per-view? Maybe really? because they're trying to sneak these in, but it, it, just, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I, he's gonna, is he going to have another defense at SummerSlam? Like, I was frustrated when it was Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. You're yeah. doing it again? Yeah, and now it's Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles. That's just and it was was it Matt Drew Gulak and Matt Riddle, and you've had all these contenders come through since AJ's had it. And, all right, a couple more things. We'll get out of here. Grand Metalik had a match with Shinsuke Nakamura. He and uh, and his buddy Lucha House Party, uh, Lince Dorado, stole the tag belts before the match because ha ha ha, they love to party. They're so fun. They're the Lucha House Party, and that's about as close as they're going to get to those titles for now uh, because he got his ass beat down in this match until. <laughs> A wild Kalisto appears. Yeah. Kalisto is back, or as je- he has evolved. <laughs> Kalisto, oh my God, he's ripped. Yeah, dude, uh, Kal- Tony uh, Nice, you've been put on notice for best abs Kal- in WWE. Seriously, I'm going to start calling him Kalist Body Fat on the roster. So I'm going to start calling him now. Well done. Um, and Metalik actually picked up the win in this match as a result of the of the all the shenanigans. Lucha House Party is once again whole, and uh, looks like they're gunning for the uh, to have a nice. A, a lovely pre-show match on the, on SummerSlam uh, for the title. So that's that's adorable. Also adorable, Chad Gable still being called by that name by WWE. Uh, he had a match with Sheamus and got his ass beat because you can't have Chad Gable look good on TV. Why would you do that? Uh, he then was in the back apologizing to Matt Riddle for 
uh, turning on him last week. Matt Riddle got distracted by talking to Chad Gable. Baron Corbin hit him in the back of the head, and Chad Gable felt bad. Um, not as bad as I feel for Chad Gable, however, Nick. I wish we had more time. I'm so confused by Seamus, Corbin, Chad Gable, Matt Riddle. What all the hell is going on there? I, like I, uh, We don't have enough time to spend on it. it I'm looks, confused as hell. It looks like Seamus is going for Biggie. He did lay Biggie out after his match. So Biggie, Seamus feud. Okay, so we're having a mini bar versus New Day. Great. Uh, Chad Gable is still being openly insulted by the company. Great. Baron Corbin is still running around hitting Matt Riddle from the back. Great. At least, Nick, we know we're having a hair versus hair match at SummerSlam mm. because Mandy cut a promo. It was fine. She challenged Sonya Deville to a hair versus hair match. Sonya Deville cut a promo, showed everyone how promos are supposed to be done. She accepted, and she's going to shave Mandy bald. Uh, we called this the second that, that Sonya cut Mandy's hair. We're going for a hair for a hair match. Um, one of these ladies is getting their head shaved, and I'm here for it. Yep. Put it in my eye holes. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. Having all of this bleed over with Miz and Morrison and Otis coming out to yell at Miz during Morrison's match with Big E and having all of that blend together, having the three and three there, I'm not mad at because you get to spread it across a bunch of different segments. They're all incredibly entertaining. But I'm here for that hair versus hair match. They needed to do something new with Sonya and Mandy. That's it right there. Sold. It's going to be even more interesting when, uh, I don't know, the Fiend puts down the monster Braun Strowman with the mandible claw. He's out. Otis runs out, cashes in, gets the title. Like this, oh, this could sake. Th- this could get very interesting. Strap it's in, very folks. interesting with your pickums. With your pickums, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, yeah. Uh, if you I'm are intentionally one of our saying patrons, all this shit to throw you. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, uh, don't. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Be careful how much you invest in Nick booking. Well, Goldberg's going to come back and beat everybody, so just sure, you, you yeah. can bank on that. Brock Lesnar is going to take the rumble. That's what I'm saying. Ladies and gentlemen, that was SmackDown. Um, and as you said, Nick, we're one week away from our patrons' pickums challenge for SummerSlam. That's, that means if you are a patron, you'll be able to give your picks for SummerSlam and possibly take Robbie RB's championship away from him. If you're Robbie RB, you're going to be defending against the entire BWO patron universe. And if you're part of the BWO universe and you're not one of the phenomenal ones over there in the patron, the, one of the patrons, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash BWO and sign up for Patreon and help us run this show, help me pay for my apartment, <laughs> and also have a lot of fun with everybody involved, as well as being able to give a question to our mailbag show, which is coming up right after this show. In fact, Nick, we're not even stopping the show anymore. We're just rolling straight on over into it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we did forget to do our. I didn't mop. forget a damn thing, by the oh, way. This is all. Okay. I'm leading into it. Oh, I'm leading okay. into it. Yeah. Because we're not going to go anywhere after this. But luckily, we're not doing the show yet. We have one yeah. more thing to do, and then we can get out of here. And of course, that is what we like to call the moment of positivity. That's right. It's the mop, the moment of positivity. The moment that we take on every show to look back over everything that's happened over the last few days and find something that made us happy, find something that we thought was positive, that was uplifting, that made us smile so that we can tell all of you and maybe you can get a smile too and you can go back out into your world after listening to our show with a smile on your face and a, some positivity in your heart and some warm yeah. fuzzies in your tummy tum tum. So Nick, what was your moment of positivity for this week? Because and I am you one of the... steal mine. If you steal mine, I'll kill you. I'm probably not going to. Uh, what was well, what would I, you know what I always go first why don't you go first so I don't steal yours how about that 
okay, I'll allow it. My moment of positivity, I think it's pretty obvious from how much I marked out over it in the show. Abyss and AJ Styles back together. Abyss back on my TV. And also being freaking hilarious. I'm sold. I'm so Ooh. sold on this. I, I, oh, oh my God. I got so much Paul Bearer vibe off of him doing that, that, that gimmick. Just, like Paul I, Bear, Paul Heyman, but then something completely new as well. I, I, uh, or a little bit of like Ralphus, like it's, oh my God, I'm, I'm a hundred percent here for this. Absolutely. So, so happy to see them together. I immediately went back and watched their lockdown match. Um, <laughs> yeah, just so ex- over the moon that Abyss is on TV. I hope they keep this up. I hope this is an ongoing sidekick for AJ. Please. Let them let him just not just be the statistics guy, but like just a jack of all trades. Yeah. He's just there for like he's getting AJ coffee. You know right. what I mean? I want him there with AJ all the time. I'm so excited about this. Obviously, uh, that's absolutely my moment of positivity. Now, if they cross this over and, and he shows up on his Twitch stream, mwah, that'll be just like he's a <laughs> hey, get me a coffee or get me a soda or whatever he wants from while he's right. on Twitch or so. Just because they even invoked his Twitch stream. I want some corn on the cob. Give me some corn yeah. on the cob, some grits, whatever Make me else. A steak. Southern, whatever else that Southern boys eat. Chick, uh, biscuits and gravy. I'm from Georgia. I want a peach. Yeah. Give me some peaches out of the can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you'll be happy. That was a really good one. You'll be happy to know you, uh, I did not steal yours. Good. Uh, the thing that I got so excited about, f- f- I mean, it started at the top of the week with Dynamite, and it was when you had the four tag teams, uh, two legends and two modern tag teams, oh, arguably yeah. the best of their generations, uh, respectively, uh, all in the ring on Dynamite, and everything that transpired with that. All of the promos were solid. Ricky Morton sucker punching Tully. Uh, Ricky Morton getting spike pile drivered by FTR. Sean Spears coming out. Arn Anderson seemingly scared of Sean Spears or just you know you know ruffling his feathers over it. And just Young Bucks and then Hangman and Kenny just like all of that whole sequence right there. I was just intently just yes eating my popcorn. Just oh my god yes. What's gonna happen next? This is breaking down. Yeah. That eating was, your, that was, was like eating eating your Saturday morning Cheerios again. Yes, exactly. That was uh, that was my oh. definite my big moment for you know. I, obviously, I love the stuff with Braun and Alexa as well. I want to throw a little honorable mention there, but oh. um, I, I was very, too busy being confused by it to love it. Uh, I was, well, like, I was still being confused by what, what was going on with Sheamus and all that. Oh, stuff. come on! We're moment of positivity. Moment yeah. of positivity. 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 Uh, yes. I just uh, I, I haven't popped as hard. Legends as I, in I, the ring, sucker punching each other. Yeah. Jake. Snake Ricky Morton throwing off. a sucker punch on Tully Blanchard. It just—if you—it has so much depth. You could really break that down into what, uh, how far that could go back, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it's good so stuff. good. Well, thank you, sir, Ian Dangerous, and thank you guys for hanging out. Don't go anywhere. We're not stopping the stream. We're going to take a ten-minute break after I get done with the outro here, and we're going to come right back after our yeah. break with mm. the patron mailbag. And we've got a big one today. You mm. patrons showed up. We've got a ton of questions in there. It's going to be a really fun, lively show. I'm excited. Uh, that was. This is the end of our breakdown. But uh, hang tight if you're watching live. Don't go anywhere. We're I'm totally be- doing a hellfire before we do that show, man. I it's hear happening. you, man. It's I happening. I'm going to mm-hmm. go stand in air conditioning for ten minutes because uh, it's hot. Ooh, it's, a good, it's a good idea too. <laughs>
Here too. Yeah. Uh, if, if if you lose me, it's because the rolling blackouts in California. Right, right. right. Uh, thank you so much to everybody. We got twelve subs, and I lost count of how many bits today. Thank so you guys thank so much guys. for making so our, awesome our first Twitch stream of, ah. as affiliates today such a success. Uh, stick around. We'll be back for the patron mailbag uh, shortly after this. But shout out to everybody for all of the support here on Twitch. It means the world to us. Uh, follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Make sure you get into the Discord community if. If you're here live you can do exclamation discord to get a link to it uh but that's where we do live chats all throughout the week and you want to be in there for SummerSlam and takeover 30 next weekend so make sure you get in it we've got dedicated channels just for those shows so make sure you uh get into the discord uh come over and join us in the facebook discussion group like our page over there as well uh, what am I? We did Patreon, uh, YouTube, youtube.com slash busted wide open. We do BWO daily every day, all throughout the week, Monday through oh, yeah. Friday. It's our quick little 10 minute news show that we do every single day just to keep you guys up to speed on the haps with the graps. That's there it is. <laughs> oh man. Oh, but my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at data center, dude. And I am Sir Ian dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian dangerous. But, Would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.